and welcome to the March recap episode of Pure Dead Gaming Afterlife. I am Pure Dead Craig and I'm joined as ever by Donnie and our special guest this month, Paul from Thistledo Gaming. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you oh, for joining Oh, flower of Scotland, <laughs> when will we see more jocks on? This is fucking great, isn't it? Keeping it in-house. It- Keeping it in-house. It's great. Keeping on brand, baby. <laughs> already, already at least an 8 out of 10 with three Scottish folk on. Superb. Automatically fantastic. Can't ask for better than that. Absolutely, absolutely. Paul, how are you doing anyway? You all right? Yes, yeah, I'm good. Having a, having a nice wee evening. How are you? Cannot complain. Cannot complain. I'm on holiday. Oh, nice. So that's even better. Official or unofficial? That's even better. Not official. Yeah, official holiday. Yeah, makes a change. Yeah, I know, I know. How's the uh, so how, how's the new venture going? Um, obviously, over on the uh, on on the Xbox community, I've been liking a lot. I'm also I'm on your Discord now, enjoying it. Um, how's it all been going? Yeah, it's been going really, really well. Um, yeah, so we ended up uh, us, us being Thistle Do Gaming, myself, Sean, and Zoe. We ended up uh, going into a collaboration with complete xbox which is like a a new site um focused on xbox content obviously um but we've kind of formed a little community where there was a bunch of us that we we all speak every single day anyway so we thought do you know what guys let's let's look at how can we connect this all around a community that we just basically support each other because we all do different content one of us does a kind of interviews of devs they obviously do the writing side with articles and things that i've kind of started dipping my toe into we make silly videos just playing games with your mates so it just it made sense to kind of like pull everything together and just create this overarching complete xbox community that was that is very focused on being a community and just people coming together and just helping each other out really it's great brilliant Sounds pretty damn good. Excellent. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Good peoples. Good peoples. Good. Good. Our, our Discord is also full of people. Yes. That's about the best you can say for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm now wondering, Donnie, though, if, if you've got a, a different persona, because I can't imagine you lasting more than a day uh, without slagging <laughs> Xbox off and getting banned from such a Discord. <laughs> Listen, I tell it like it is, and if, if I'm a pony one week and I'm a bot the next, I just no sit on the fence here, Craigie boy. You know that you've got hoofs. I think I think <laughs> justified justified criticism of any brand is is completely fine. <laughs> I don't think like as long Cur- as it's justified, then you'd you'd be absolutely safe. But yeah, don't get me wrong. There is definitely arguments that occur within the community about. <laughs> consoles and especially around a certain merger that we i'm not going to mention any further but yeah <laughs> <No>. um <laughs> it's a, it can definitely get a little bit heated at times <laughs> excellent excellent we like it. Oh. yeah and by the way I just want to say see before we start our top five I, i'm not i'm not changing my fucking list now i'm sorry but i'm not but fair play don't know if you saw the news today, but Nintendo have said in the EU and the UK, they are basically fixing all of the drift issues on the um, on the controllers, which fair fucking play. Even the ones well out of warranty back to 2017, fair play. Here's looking at you fucking Jim Ryan, because I've got a, a, a dual sense that's got drift that you wouldn't refund me on month 13, you fuckers. So uh, <laughs> fair play Nintendo for doing the right thing, by the way, and uh, making good on that. Ah, they're all right. Sometimes they did. They did that to us. To be fair, I think it was not Christmas there, but the Christmas before, 
Uh, we contacted Nintendo because we had an issue with one of the Joy-Cons. And it was, I mean, I'd bought that thing in 2018. And they were like, mm-hmm. it was just before Christmas. And they were like, I just uh, just send it to us and we'll, we'll fix it and send it back. And I think it ended up being like a new one they sent. And we nice. got it back before New Year. We sent it on like the 22nd nice. of December and we got it back on like the 28th or something. So that's crazy. Yeah, I I need to I need to jump on that like and you see like what you're saying about PlayStation Xbox exactly the same. I had a um, an Elite Two controller and I had to send it back three times and this was within its warranty. And the third time they sent it back to me was within the last month of warranty and literally the week after it ran out of warranty, it bloody broke again. Exact same issue, and Fuck I couldn't sick. couldn't get it fixed. They wanted like I think it's like I think it's like eighty pound to get it fixed or yeah. something like that and i was like getting the bin i end up fixing it myself actually but still <laughs> that's mad when when they f- when they fix something for you when they give that back to you it should at least have like an extra three months on it or something 100 like percent, yeah that's crazy like i i absolutely agree i think well to be fair the first one so the first one i sent away they sent me back a brand new one so they were like sealed in the box and I was like, oh, quality. Then that one went, it was a different issue. Sent it away and then got it back and then um, went to send it away again because it broke again. And yeah, that was out warranty and they were like, no. Even though it was only, uh, it was a matter of weeks after I'd got it back as well. So Fuck well done, sick. Nintendo. I don't know who bent your arm hard enough to get you to finally do it, but well done. <laughs> I think it was the EU, I think. (laughs) Well, whoever it was, hopefully they can bend their arm into making a console that is in tune with us the last 10 years or whatever. (laughs) Fucking do one of those. Fucking low blows here, Craigie boy. (laughs) I'm needing that Switch too. Super Switch. The Super Switch, baby. Yep. Okay, so as always, we will be running through our top five talking points of the month that has just passed. And as you're our guest, Paul, would you like to start? Yes, absolutely. So my my number five is a, the game Deceiving. So it launched um, in in March, and I absolutely adore the game. So I actually picked up to review it. Um, and I can't stop playing it now. So it's be. I, do you know much about the game at all? Very little. Just what I've seen you play. So it's it's basically it's like a hero shooter, but it's got like a bit of a twist to it. So you've kind of got your select heroes that you can pick from, and you can play it in solos or you can play it in a team setting. So it's like three v threes, but it's a bit like it's got a it's got an edge of battle royale to it where you're you're aiming to extract at the end with your team or defeat the other teams. But the the kind of the little twist to it, which I think is really really cool, is the point in the game is to extract with a package at the end. But to get to the package, you have to effectively get through certain rooms and complete a, a kind of heist. But the other players are trying to do exactly the same. And if you come across each other, you, you know they're potentially going to shoot you. You're going to shoot them in in your classic shooter style. But you disguise yourself as the random NPCs that are walking about and you've got to try and basically pretend to be an NPC. So you find yourself like purposely, and the NPCs aren't very smart either. That's a a key factor here. Like they will walk into walls and things. 
So you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of impersonating that as you're playing. So you're almost purposely like bumping into walls or just stopping in random locations or just randomly sprinting ten feet, stopping and then turning the opposite direction and things because ah. you're trying to blend in. Um, but it, it's such a great idea for like a first person shooter kind of battle royale s style game because it, it and when i say battle royale it's not like 100 people it's it's literally like yeah, yeah. like i think there's about 12 people in a lobby max if that maybe maybe even less um but th- i just think it's such a such a brilliant idea the maps are really cool as well it's bright colors it's kind of 70s themed and and it's just a really it's just a really different direction from your standard kind of triple a formula of shooter games or multiplayer games and i can't stop playing it now at first i found it quite difficult but now not that i necessarily find it easy but i know what i'm doing and i'm just like obsessed to playing it i put i play it most days now i'll just jump on for a couple games just to see if i i can get a wee win on solos and we've even had a few squad games with the rest of this will do and stuff and definitely recommend trying it out if you get the chance because if you want something that's a little bit different and just kind of mindlessly hiding in a corner and spraying people um <laughs> with the meta weapon in call of duty then uh, it's definitely one it's definitely one that you'd that you'd enjoy playing it's really really cool so that is my number five is to see vink's launch because i just love it and i want to talk about it <laughs> that's interesting no, that's a, uh, yeah. so like I, yeah i've i've saw the sort of preview footage of it and it was the the sort of setting and the art style that i really liked it sort of pulled me towards it like that 70s art style you don't get that that often um and i thought it looked really cool but i i didn't know that much about the gameplay so to hear what you've said there like i'm really interested in checking it out now it sounds cool it sounds it sounds like the perfect game for like i.e our discord a discord a group of people that you're friendly with that sound is, is it has it got like private lobbies and things paul um no not just it doesn't have private lobby lobbies just now so your max is a team of three um okay i don't know to be honest right if you had enough players if it, depending on how many people you got to play it but if you had enough players if you search for a game with crossplay turned off you don't tend to find a match so you have to kind of play it on crossplay okay um, just because mm. it's automatically switched on i think i don't think it's because a certain platform isn't like pull it, like doesn't have enough players um i think it's just simply because everybody's got crossplay turned on because it's automatically turned on however if you got a bunch of like say you got like nine people or something to go into like three teams of three and all turned yeah. off crossplay and searched you'd probably get put in the same match Oh, okay. I would I, I would suggest that's probably a workaround. We've done that before with um chivalry to get a um game okay. just 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 as a group. Um and it and it does work. You might get a rando here and there, but um but it's a it's a good wee workaround that you can use for some games that don't support it. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely one to to give a wee blast off because I think it's like fifteen pound or something as well. So it's not it's not yeah. too it's not too much of an investment either. The only con I would say about it is is the lack of aim assist. So because you'll be playing against PC players in particular, mm-hmm. and they've got obviously mouse and keyboard, you're you're aiming with a mouse is significantly easier than a controller with without all, mm-hmm. without aim assist. Um, but they are apparently well i've read their their kind of update notes they're working towards putting in 
aim assist anyway to consoles so the the only issue i actually have with it is getting resolved so yeah it's Excellent. it's it's a lot of fun yeah no that sounds great i'm, I'm definitely Good. interested in checking that out mm-hmm. very cool okay donnie you're yeah. number five uh, my number five was this month we got three sorry big updates on three of this year's biggest games um, thanks to Candyman, we now know that Spider-Man 2 is launching in September. Uh, Tony told... By the way, am I, am I the only one that didn't realise that, that Candyman was voicing Venom? Did I, did I miss that? Was that just me? I had no idea. I, like I didn't even know Venom didn't... was in it. Who's Candyman? Well, you know, you know the film from the night. How, how, how old are you, Paul? 28. Oh, fucking hell, man. <laughs> so, ca- right, Candyman, right, was, was, a, was a series of horror movies that were late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, you ever seen, like, the meme where you, where you say, Candyman, 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 in the mirror three times and he appears, no? I, I've heard of this, yeah, but... Right. I, they, they were great horror films when you, when, before you were even born, clearly. Based on a young boy. Fucking old here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, 28. So, yeah, so Tony Todd it was, was Candyman. Uh, I had no idea that he was voicing Venom, by the way. I, 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 I did not know that at all. I've went, I went totally dark yeah. in Spider-Man. I didn't even know Venom was one of the, the villains this time around. Like, I just, I've, I've not wow. been checking out any of it. Not that there's been much to check out, right enough. <laughs> yeah, so, well, thank you. Well, he, um, he, he sent a tweet out saying, looks like September, massive publicity coming in August, commercials start dropping in August, so I'm told, hold on to your... And your breath gonna be necessary. Um, clearly, wasn't supposed to be saying that, bro. I, like, like, how, how do you not know about NDAs? Like, <laughs> how was he sent this fucking tweet? It was very quickly deleted. He he recanted. Oh, you know, uh, obviously PR companies got involved. So um, so yeah, Spider Man Two September, which we we, we kind of knew roughly around about then, but we now also know also in September the much anticipated Starfield. And I just want to say, people need to fucking calm down on the whole delayed thing. It was delayed again. All right, it didn't hit the 12 months that they said last summer. Big fucking whoop. Can we stop the, it's delayed again. We get it, okay? Fucking three months. So Starfield, <laughs> September, massive. And a big update for Final Fantasy 16 confirmed that it's gone gold. So we know it's coming out June 22nd, which I'm buzzing for. Um, it's now gone gold, so surely no holding it back. Just, just kind of backpedaling to Starfield there. So I had that as my as my number two, and I I totally agree. The delay is absolutely fine. It's not a big issue. Like I I, I don't understand what people want to happen when they get angry at a delay. Like, do they want them to release it in a broken state, or I, I never <laughs> understand that frustration. I'm like, well, just you yeah. just have to accept it. Like, I'm sure getting angry at the devs is definitely going to make them produce it faster and change the release yes. date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the thing is, is that we all know that the Bethesda always need a little bit more time anyway. So we 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 we, we really shouldn't grudge them the extra three months that they clearly needed. So um, yeah, I w- I would only say that like if I was going to make any gripe about it, I would I would have said that it would have been nice to see a little bit more than the game in the trailer. Like if it, if we're that close to finishing up, it would have been nice just to get a little bit of like gameplay. And I'm sure I know they'll be building up to some massive reveal like they did with Fallout and things like that to take you through the first part of the game and stuff. But 
I think that could have maybe calmed people down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, obviously we've got that showcase in June the something, haven't 12. we? Which um, hopefully twelve. Nice, thanks to the assist. Um, so yeah, Wait, so we'll get to no, see a, a, a lot more then. It's two days before, nine. isn't it? Cl- close enough, man. Close Either enough. way, it's it's, it's around um, it's the Xbox showcase, which is June eleventh. Yeah. So yeah, listen. Um, Three three decent bits of 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 release or, or news there for probably the three biggest games of the year. Um, hard to argue with that. So well, the two biggest yeah. in Final Fantasy. Fuck <laughs> you, <laughs> fuck you, you horror. Leave Devil May Fantasy alone. Okay. I was going to say, coming for the guy that's done nothing but whine and cry about it. I know, I know. Oh God, don't man, don't get, don't pull that thread with me, please. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like it's. It's three big games to look forward to. Like I, I said this before, I think on a previous podcast. But like, you're right with Tony Todd. Like I don't know. I mean, what the guy's not an idiot. How he thought it was okay to put out that tweet, and um, the follow up <laughs> tweet was even better because like it, it so the follow up tweet had so clearly not been written by him. Like someone from Sony PR had phoned up and said, "We have sent you a text message. Copy the fucking text message. Paste it into Twitter." and hit send because the follow-up had oh hashtag venom hashtag spider-man 2 hashtag like it's i don't and he, he never puts hashtags i was looking through his previous tweets there's not a fucking hashtag in sight and all of it oh all, really oh, and all of a sudden nice. this one it was like be prepared for hashtag spider-man 2 and i i might not even be hashtag venom and you're like fuck off he's clearly <laughs> that that wasn't him that tweet he's probably in a, a, a dungeon somewhere getting tortured <laughs> um, maybe he was forced to say Candyman three times in the mirror. Now he's dead. Maybe, maybe. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll speak more about uh, the the, spy, uh, the Starfield stuff later on. I've got that in in my list later on in the show. But yeah, I I don't think the like like you said, Paul. Like a delay is never a bad thing for a game. What you'll get is a better product as a result. Um, I think yeah. the, the thing that could come back to bite them a bit is Bethesda games tend to be quite buggy at launch, and I feel like like I know I get what you're saying, Donnie. Like a lot of people are upset about the delay, but I was actually surprised when it got delayed. Like there was a the outcry wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Like for the most part, like I put out a tweet saying, "What does everyone think?" And ninety percent of the responses were, "Aye, fine, take your time." Which yeah. I was not expecting, yeah. Yeah. and um, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that could go against it is if it comes out and it's still got the usual level of Bethesda jank at launch, then people will be going, "Well, what were we? What was the fucking delay for?" Yeah, like that's yeah. when I think people could be a little bit ratty about it if it comes out and there is still the problems that people think are going to be fixed before it comes out this time. But I guess we'll wait and see. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's really good. Um, okay, my number five is people binning off their bread and butter. So over the last month, we have had numerous uh, developers reveal not fully their next game, but give us an insight into what their next game is going to be. So we had IO Interactive, who are famous for Hitman and are currently making their new James Bond game. Uh, they told us they are now making also making a fantasy online game which made me want to cry. 
then <laughs> Techland told us uh, that they would be making a fantasy RPG. That's moving on from their previous title, Dying Light. And finally, Polyarch, who made Moss on PSVR and PSVR 2, amongst other VR headsets, are switching to make an online shooter. It will be VR, but it is still a total change for them. Um, obviously, all three of these games could be excellent. We've got loads of examples of, like, Guerrilla going from Killzone to Horizon, taking a big step up, a step in the right direction. Um but yeah, I mean, for me personally, the, the IO Interactive one was was sore because I, I love Hitman. I'm sure I'm going to love Bond. I love stealth games and fantasy online games can get in the fucking bin. So <laughs> that deeply, deeply upset me. I nearly, I nearly penned a strongly worded email. When was the last time we got a Bond game? It was one of... It might have been... Pierce Brosnan one, wasn't it? Solace or... There was a couple round about then that came to the PS3 and the 360, the first person ones. I remember Quantum of yeah. Solace because it had it actually had online multiplayer. It was mm. terrible. Was it, bad? <laughs> it was, was so glitchy. Oh, it was so you could there was like invisible walls like sticking out of walls that you could climb up onto and people oh, just God. exploited it. Oh, it was oh, it wasn't great. <laughs> I, I remember on the I played them on 360. I think there was either two or three, and I'm not big massively on uh, online gaming, so with those, I played just a single player, and the single player yeah. campaigns were actually quite fun, but they were really short. I mean, you're talking four hours. Um, yeah. And they were, they were fine for what they did. Like They weren't bad games, but, I mean, they were, they were over in the night, and that was you. And you were like, right, I've got fucking nothing to do with this now. Yeah. It's just it, it's just mad because obviously like Bond games were so big, like for, like I think Goldeneye kind of is probably the biggest one that there was. But you know they were such a massive kind of entity in the first person shooter genre that I, they just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, so it's quite interesting to hear that they're coming back with a with a different style of game. Interesting yeah. that. Um, did you say it's the people that make Hitman that are making it? Yep, it's uh, IO Interactive, yeah. They've got the rights for it. So it'll be like Hitman, but just reskinned <sighs> as Bond. I mean, <laughs> I think so. They've, they've, I mean, they've not shown any footage yet. I presume they'll keep it third person. And to be honest, like, I mean, don't be wrong, I'm sure I'll love it because I just love that type of game, but I'm a little bit concerned about it because like, Hitman is one of my favourite series. I love stealth. I absolutely love the Hitman games. Hitman 3 is one of the best packages on current-gen consoles. Love it to death. But Hitman is... The, the gameplay of Hitman is amazing when you're in stealth. Once you get seen and it turns into a shootout, it's not great. Yeah. It turns into pandemonium. I mean, don't get me wrong. The gameplay is set up so that when you get seen, you die pretty quickly. It's meant to, yeah. to try and force you into stealth. So I get that. But with Bond, they're not going to do the whole game as a stealth game. It's going to have to be stealth and action. And I just, I'm not 100% sure that how they'll pull it off. Hopefully they can, though. I know the point that you're, you're, you're making about like these companies changing, but that happens a lot. I think like, devs probably get, not bored, but they want to branch out. They want to flex their wings oh yeah totally i mean uh, I don't, it's, uh, it's not abnormal it's just 
you see, like, I think it was it was one of the shows we covered last year, Donnie, one of the, was it, I don't know if it was Big Jeff's Summer Games Fuck or whatever, but um, there was one in, like, <laughs> games almost fuck. every single game was, like, a fucking fu- yes. Viking game or something. I can't remember. And you're like, another oh, one. No, another e- every one. game, every game just looked like Doom. That's Aye. what it was. And, you're like, and obviously, a lot of these developers have seen Doom do Doom and uh, Doom Eternal do so well and they've went, right, let's do that. And we're three yeah. years down the line and now we're starting to see all these games. And I just, like, both IO and Techland, fantasy RPG, fantasy online game. And I just, I feel like we're starting to get a whole bunch of these now. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I think... There's a lot of... My concern is that there's a lot of teams that are now looking... It's, I mean, it's the way games are going, don't get me wrong. Like, Hitman's... the IO Interactive are looking at it and going, we're doing well with Hitman, we provide constant updates, but at the same point, even though we give them some online options with, like, elusive targets and stuff like that, it's basically a single-player game, and it's got a limit. If we create an online fantasy game that takes off, we can make money for the next 10 years. And... There's so many yeah. companies that are now moving towards this model where they're trying to make... I mean, there's every chance that's going to be a game as a service. And there's, mm-hmm. everyone's trying to everyone's trying to find that game that they can make and then just update and continue to make money off of. And there's, there's yeah. so many of them just moving in that direction that it, it, as a single-player gamer, it scares me. Yeah, live service games seems to be the the I would say fairly the norm as it comes from like third party game developers at the moment. And and I would go as far to suggest that Ubisoft have a big part to play in that. Mm. Like Ubisoft, I I wouldn't even go. I was about to say EA as well, but suppose with like with FIFA and stuff, but not really. Like I I would say like Ubisoft as a big one. Like whether it be with um, you know, Ghost Recon, um, Breakpoint, the way they've kind of moved that along. Um, the that, division. New div- that new division game that's coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Rainbow Six Siege. You know, there's, there's a lot of their titles. And obviously there is, am I right in saying that they're doing an Assassin's Creed as well that's going to be a live service? Um, I might yeah. be wrong there, but there was a suggestion of that at some point. I think you know when the big AAA companies are doing that because they're obviously you know they're they're reaping the benefits from it. Fortnite was kind of the, the, I would say the pinnacle starting point for it to expand the way it did. Yeah, but I think yeah. because the other larger companies are jumping on board and going actually we want a slice of that pie. Now everybody is kind of looking at that and going right. We want battle passes in every single game that's created with an online mode. And uh, we want a, an active store that over sells items far too expensive than they're actually worth. Um, huh. It cracked yeah. me up with uh, Overwatch Two. I don't know if you've seen that when they were selling the little. Um, there's a little charm you can get in your gun, and it was. Uh, it was. Am I right in saying it, it was more expensive in game than it was to buy the charm in real life? Um, that they sold oh. in their actual oh, wow. store, yeah. So there was like this little, this little charm that they sold in their store, like a physical item that you could buy, it, and it was cheaper in real life than it was in the game. Fucking <laughs> hell! And it's literally just a, it's literally just a cosmetic charm as well, isn't it? It's doesn't, it's not any buffs. No, no, it's literally just cosmetic. Just uh, wow. And it like you know, like your the little charms and stuff, or like that you get like yeah, yeah. on Call of Duty and things as well. Like yeah, maybe yeah. Like, a wee bullet hanging from your, you barely even see yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No the thing is, I mean, I've, yeah, I've I've always said this about like DLC comment. 
The one thing I don't agree with is a game releasing out and saying, oh yeah, we've also got a DLC expansion that's basically ready, but we're going to charge you for that in six months. Don't overly agree with that. I certainly don't agree with single player games having pay to win DLC, like double XP boosts on single player. Fundamentally think that is wrong. You should not be charging someone 60, 70 pounds and then making them pay for double XP boosts. But see if you want to buy a skin for 30 quid and look like a walking giant dildo. Go ahead. <laughs> That's fine. That's your money, your decision to do that. I have no flex with that at all. But yeah, charging more than a physical charm is a bit fucking much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you should be a poet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That would be terrifying. Who invited this guy? <laughs> oh the passion behind that oh man that was amazing <laughs> i'm here all week uh, okay paul you're number four <laughs> um yeah so my my number four um was the exo primal exo primal beta um for exo primal that's going to be out um what am I on about? The beta was in in March. It was on the 16th of March. I actually can't remember when it's going to be out. Um, but it's End also going to be... It's the next I couple of months anyway. that time. I've I've accidentally... Do you know what it is? I've I've got the date noted down there and I've I've actually noted down the date of the beta instead of the actual game. Um, that's why I've confused <laughs> myself. But yeah, it's it's another... I, I seem to be a fan of this right now. So it's another hero-style shooter, but it's in, in third person. It's laid out a little bit more like um, Overwatch. Did you guys... I don't know if you guys tried the beta at all, if it was any interest to you. I'm deeply upset by the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't. It did nothing for me when I, any preview stuff with it. Well, I I gave it a blast. I gave it a blast with uh, one of the other guys that I play with, Danks. Um, and I had a, I actually had really good fun with it. It seemed really random at first, I must say. So obviously you've got your hero style shooter. You've got your selection of characters. There's a big roster of characters. They're all very similar to Overwatch characters. Not necessarily how they look, but their abilities. Um, so you obviously have your tank, your support, your assault, the usual. Um, and then you you drop into the map with your team of players and you take on your the horde of dinosaurs that are running at you. The thing I find funny about the dinosaurs is is that they seem really out of place. Like as if they first developed it and it had like maybe like other soldiers or something. They went, nah, you know what? It's not got it's got enough, not got enough kick to it. Or they've just seen people moaning about getting a new Turok for too long. That they've gone, let's throw <laughs> dinosaurs into the mix. Um, but yeah, I actually, I actually quite enjoyed it. Whether it was the fact that it was dinosaurs and my inner like, I don't know, like five year old was like, oh dinosaurs. Um, I don't know, but I, I had, I had a lot of enjoyment um, going through the rounds. The thing I particularly liked is that when you start off the first few rounds, because there's like, there's like a few stages before you get to the PvP element within the actual match. And I liked the the fact that it was like a race. So you were racing the other team to defeat the horde of dinosaurs in that area, but you weren't actually with the other team at all until you get to the final round. And then it's kind of an all-out fight where you can fight the other players and you have to obviously take on the dinosaur horde. But yeah, I just I just liked the way it was laid out. I liked the fact like jumping into it with a friend, I was I was kind of 
I had no idea what this game was about whatsoever when I when I started it. Someone mentioned it to me. I signed up to the beta, and I thought, oh, I'll give it a blast. It's coming to Game Pass as well, so I was like, I'll probably try it when it drops on Game Pass, which I think is a quite a smart idea for um, these kind of multiplayer games that are new to you know the scene anyway, because it's such a it's such a diluted. Um, genre for them yeah. to go into i think it's always good for a brand new game to to drop onto some sort of service because then you got more likely to get in a player base um which is also good if you're a player of said game because then you've actually got people to play against um <laughs> but yeah it it it, it, it seems to me like from my experience of playing it with my friend i i had a lot of fun with it i was like this is actually quite good crack it kind of looks a little bit like anthem as well i noticed like the characters just a random point to throw in there but um but yeah i'm looking forward to trying it when it's fully out i i did discuss this with um with my mate danks um we discussed it on on another podcast um, the other week as well and kind of just saying that we do feel that you see if it's going on for um like if it's only that game mode for quite a while then i imagine it's going to get quite boring if it launches like that i think there definitely needs to be more to it um but yeah as i kind of jump in play with with a couple mates and just shoot some dinosaurs and then shoot some people it's, it's actually pretty fun um so yeah, it was just one that kind of sprung to mind as quite a, quite a talking point, particularly because I tend to lean in the side of Xbox because I don't actually have a PlayStation, and, and because it's coming to Game Pass, it was it was spoken about quite a bit by the Xbox community. So I thought I need to look at, I need to give this a try, and yeah, it was good. Dinosaurs seem weird though; it just seems like a weird weird addition. But anyway, <laughs> I think you're right. I, I, like I, I think. There's so many games coming out these days that Exoprimal, if it had just launched for £70 or even £60, I think it would definitely struggle to find a player base and then you would have people who did yep. invest jumping off pretty quickly because they'd be like, I'm struggling to get a match here. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that it's coming to Game Pass is, I think, ideal for it because you're going to have a lot of people checking it out. If it can make a good first impression, then it, it's definitely got the chance to hook people. Um, I, I think it's what you are saying is echoing a lot of things that I've heard from other people. Like when I first saw, I think it was last year, beginning of last year, that they first announced this game, and when I saw it, like I, I nearly had to walk out the room in anger. I'm a huge, huge <laughs> fan of dinosaurs. I'm a huge fan of Dino Crisis, especially. Are you one of the ones shouting for Tudok to come back? I, I'd take anything. I'd take, like, anything. <laughs> I just, there's not, I can't, I find it so bizarre that there's so little dinosaur games, especially, like, back when the most recent Jurassic Park trilogy started, you were like, those films were breaking records, not breaking records, but they were making serious money. And I was like, there has to be a bunch of dinosaur games getting made at the moment. Now you did get the yeah. uh, the sort of, what do you call it, the Jurassic, the Jurassic Park the, builder games. Aye, yeah. the builder game, which is which was quite cool. And they were, were alright. Aye, they were just a bit too in depth. I thought they needed to be a little bit more two point hospital rather than it was a lot of time spent in the lab like creating new types of dinosaurs but it was it was good i did enjoy it but um so yeah when this first trailer came out and then the first thing that happened was capcom came up you're like all right okay new capcom game 
then they showed a female with red hair that looked exactly like the girl from Dino Crisis, and then they showed a dinosaur, and everyone's like, holy fuck, they're actually bringing back <laughs> Dino Crisis, they've been remaking Resident Evil, they're going to fucking do it, let's go. And then all of a sudden, dinosaurs started pouring out of a portal from the sky, and oh, <laughs> fucking swung, I'm so angry. And ever since then, I've just never been able to forgive it. I just every time every time I hear <laughs> I it, I can hear the rage in your voice right every now. Every time this one hurts. Every time the game's <laughs> mentioned, I'm just like I cannot fucking believe they did that. It just it seemed like such a slap in the face. But see, to be honest, like I know a bunch of people have checked out the preview and the the beta, and they've all said it's fun. It's a decent game. Like I thought it was dead on arrival, but I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about it like it, it seems like they've actually got a fun game um i think it's dead it's dead on arrival for sales this thing's gonna sell 12 copies yeah um, it only needs to though if it's i, I game think pass. That, well i think that's i think that's why out of the blue it's, it's landed on game pass because this was never once hawked for game pass until this month so i think they've looked at this they've looked at early previews looked at early reviews they've all gone this is shit oh panic Someone phoned Big Phil. Can we get some money, please? Um, and I think that's what's happened because this thing's going to bomb like fuck. Yeah, I I absolutely agree, and I think that's I think that's the difficulty with you know unless they would release it free to play, which they're not going to do. I I not think now. that's the no. issue with with these new kind of IPs coming out that are that are multiplayer. Like they they either completely flop or they soar. And it really is like a flip of the coin moment of whether or not players are going to stay involved with that game. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a fair gamble for a studio, especially a studio like Capcom, who's probably invested quite an amount of money in this game to yeah, to yeah. take. So I I think it's a smart decision to be honest for most multiplayer games. If they're not going to go free to play, chuck it on a service, and then the people that don't have a service, if their mates are playing it, then they're more likely to buy it. I think it's a Very I think it's a good that. business move to be honest. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. S- sorry. Totally. Totally spinning off a different direction. Nothing to do with Mark. So sorry, listeners. Um. Have you ever speaking of dinosaur games? Did you ever try um Second Extinction? No, no I haven't actually. You might want to give that a wee look. So it's like a um you drop it you drop in with three people and you've got to kind of go around uh this this kind of vast open area and uh and collect kind of resources things like that but there's there's a lot of dinosaurs about um it's all the enemies are dinosaurs um but it's it's quite a cool one again it, it released in game preview a few years back i don't know if it's had its full release yet um but i actually quite enjoyed playing it it was the rest of the squad that weren't massive on it um so that it just kind of died out in our kind of group games um but i hmm. i actually quite enjoyed it so i thought it was a decent a decent dinosaur game as far as dinosaur games go at the moment nice so maybe might, might be worth looking into yeah there you go. i'll take a look at that <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> well speaking of of sub services um my number four is Xbox finally dropping the dollar entry into um, into Ultimate? Uh, this has gone on probably a bit too long. I get why they had it. They wanted to boost Game Pass numbers. It's a cheap way in. I didn't appreciate how many people abused that dollar because they didn't care about gamer scores. They didn't care about having their own account. And people would literally create new emails, new accounts, and just use the dollar 
every fucking month. I was like, people actually went to that. So, but yeah, seemingly there's a large amount of people that, that did that. So finally, obviously, gets away with that. And I think what this does is, I think it clearly signals the, the inevitable family plan coming to kind of mainline countries. Surely it can't be far away, whether it lands before or after Starfield. Remains to be seen. Mainline countries, but it can't be that's far away. fucking wow. I mean, it's in Ireland just now. I can't believe you've just dissed off uh, our listeners across the pond. Fucking hell. <laughs> now I'm going to oh, fuck. Oh, your life won't so... be worth living. <laughs> what are you going to do? Kneecap me? Mainline countries, wow. <laughs> you, everyone knew what I meant by that. But Baz, Chris, Punk, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Donnie's not bad I don't give a fuck um, and, it, and obviously our, our Brazilian listeners as well clearly a lot of them yeah. was it not in Colombia or something like that was it not Colombia in Ireland nah, <laughs> Brazil really is it, I think it's Brazil <laughs> New Zealand have they not got it as well I, I think can't remember. It, was, it was so odd yeah. yeah but anyway no so obviously family plan can't be family which it still looks like a mistake it looks like it's too good to be true. Like, the the, the rumour costs are £25 a month for five people. This looks too good to be true. If it is true, well, sorry, obviously it is true. I'm being facetious. But, yeah, fantastic when that comes out. And, you know, you, you can see Xbox's plan there. It, it'll stop. Obviously, it'll stop people abusing the dollar, first of all. It'll stop people like me abusing Turkish discounts. You know, um, thank you, VPNs. Um, and I think what it'll do as well is that obviously, you know, Phil Spencer spoken about Game Pass subscribers sort of saturating, hitting that sort of twenty-five million. Because when you when you look at the number of people with 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 Xbox One and Xbox Series consoles, you're going, well, that's still quite short that twenty-five million compared to the sort of consoles that are out there, and particularly obviously with with PC cloud and that as well. So I think what it'll do is is that it will probably attract a lot of people who don't have Game Pass, but have the consoles go, I all right. Because, you know, if if you know if, if I signed up to this, Craig, I can say, look, Craig, listen, listen, me and you share it. Paul, there's three of us. There's seven, eight pounds each a month. Great. And there's your pal that plays a few games. Listen, here's a code for you. Here's a fucking, here's a subscription to this friends and family thing. It will attract a lot of these sort of part-time gamers that aren't arsed. Yeah. So I think you'll, you, you won't... The point, the point I'm probably making badly is, is that it won't just have the same 25 million people they're already getting splitting it between five. It will actually help grow it because that casual fan base, so it should exceed that 25 as well. It won't just be the case of us already pay for it, whether Turkish or not, we'll share it amongst ourselves. Um, so yeah, it, it seems to be a good thing, and it, and it surely can't be far away with the with the dropping of the dollar. Sorry, I'm just laughing in the background there. I I don't think this will happen, but just I don't like obviously in recent years, like Xbox have been a little bit fast and loose with actual numbers. Like it's all it's this engagement, or there's been four mm-hmm. million headshots in the last three months, stuff like that. But like. <laughs> It'd be so funny if, like, I don't know, say after this um, family plan launches worldwide, if they have, like, I don't know, 16 million subscribers and they just times that by five and they were like, well, we've possibly got uh, 117 million. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love that. I would absolutely fucking love that. (laughs) And it just, it just, I mean, asterisk at the bottom just said up to. So good. Oh, yeah, I yeah. fucking yeah. love it. I mean, 
The company that counts uh, Minecraft monthly as monthly average users, they, they probably would do that, to be fair, I'm guessing. Because um, it looks good. The shareholders like that sort of shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely well over... They're long overdue dropping the dollar thing, I think. They're like... It's, yeah, it's, long it's time easy ago, to say that oh, so many people will bounce because they can't get it for a dollar. They won't. Like we've seen this, and like what will happen is Xbox will start making a lot more money. Like we've seen this, and especially in ticket sales for like consoles and stuff like that. Like in the last five years, ticket sales for consoles have more than doubled, and there's more of a demand now than ever. Like there was all this talk that oh, if you put the prices up, people won't want to go. I they will. Like it becomes yeah. more of a premium event. Sometimes it does attract more people because it's seen as more of an upmarket thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I put in the Discord the other day. One, one of my, I'm sure you probably read it, Craig. One of my colleagues, him and his partner, are away to see Marty Pello. They're paying like a hundred and twenty pound a fucking ticket or something. Uh-huh. Like, by the way, by the way, Paul, just so you know, Marty Pello was in a band called Wet 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 from Glasgow. He's a heroin addict and a Rangers fan. He's an arsehole. but apparently he can't actually sing. Um, just so you, there you go. You know, I definitely needed that background. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I thought you would. Poor, poor, um, poor Marty. You know. He's a weekly listener as well, and you've just devastated him. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, concert tickets. I mean, I think like Beyonce. You must be shooting like two hundred quid for a Beyonce ticket, surely? Oh, easily, I. It's, yeah, it's probably they probably get bought up like by resellers and sold for twice that. To be honest, yeah, Ticketmaster man has a lot to answer for, isn't it? Fuckers. Yeah, no, I, th- I think this will be a good thing for the Xbox. Although, yeah, like like you say, once this family plan comes out, I mean, Jess, we're actually talking about that today. It's like all of a sudden, all you need to do is round up another four people, and you're paying a five or a month. So you can actually get well. This is the thing as well because. Yeah, because the, the the last thing Xbox want to happen is because at the moment, let's just say it's twenty five million. Let's just say let's just say all twenty five are paying full price for like just as a point of a point of argument. The last thing they want is all those twenty five million people sharing this plan. So therefore, they're only actually going to get five million people paying twenty five. Because it, obviously, because mm-hmm. there's five plans, they need that to grow natively to all the casual gamers and and obviously cloud as well. It has to. There, there has to be a point to it, and they wouldn't be dropping this if the data they're getting from Ireland, from New Zealand, Brazil, whatever it is, if the data wasn't right, they wouldn't be going with it. That's why it's in these countries. Um, so it must be working. I've just I've just had a thought, right? So it's so it would be twenty five pound for five people, and it's yes. currently ten ninety nine. Mm-hmm. A month? Yes. So actually, you can have two people in game share, so you can have two people on a single account anyway, so actually all they've done really for that price is give you two and a half accounts, if you think about it. So it actually kind of, like, you're maybe saving £3. Mm. It's actually uh, pretty yeah. relative. It's pretty relative, actually, if you break it down. I, know, I never thought about that. It's actually not that great a deal then. Fuck you! You just shot him a number four. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just, ah, it just popped right. into my head though, and I'm like, wait a second, because you can game share, yeah, because you can game share a normal subscription unless they took away the ability to do that. But I, I don't think they will. But you can game share one subscription anyway with two people, and then the other one. So that's what twenty two pounds, six, and then half the next one, them. chuck it on top, and then yeah, you you may be saving about three quid. Ah, right enough. I when you put it like that, it's it's not. Oh, I, I, yeah. Or it's not actually or like actually, it. it's very smart marketing from Xbox if it, that is how it's going to go. Because many people are going to look at it the other way, and they're actually going to make pretty much the same amount of money regardless of how many people are using it. 
Yeah, I I think it's the the, the market inside because they don't market the fact you can game share like like on oh, I've got obviously got Game Pass, but I don't share my account with anybody. Yeah. Whereas if I signed up to Game Pass, I could quite comfortably say to some people, listen, there's you know there there's four of you can potentially use this. So you're right. Probably the marketing thing will be massive on it, even though as you've just pointed out to us that it's actually not that much different than people are doing now, albeit. Maybe a back doorway. Yeah, I think it's definitely more manageable for if if you're you know a a parent that plays video games and you've got a few kids and stuff like that. Like, and they're all they've all got an Xbox. It may, it's it's perfect sense to have that subscription. Yes, um, and to be honest, I would probably consider getting that subscription and you know sharing it out between. Um, this will do and we all just chip in because it would actually probably save us money overall um mm-hmm. but yeah it's quite I, I think it's i think it's quite smart marketing from microsoft there to be honest because it yep. it took me a while to click and actually think i'm quite money-minded so like that took me longer than it would normally to figure something that like yeah. that out there so yeah i'm hmm Hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but you're right. It's, it's the market. It's the message it puts across, isn't it? Share this with four other people. Yeah, because you're right. The second this drops, I guarantee in our Discord, one. In fact, I think Ryan already has said who's who's going to be sharing with me. So we're already <laughs> making moves to do this, right? Because it is a bollock buying, you know, obviously buying Turkish ones, having to buy from find the website, whatever one's cheapest, then do your VPN. You know, whereas if it's just all native and it's costing you all. Fucking four pound a month, five pound a month. Yeah, so be it. Yeah, it'll be interesting as well to see. I think so. I expect this to be properly sort of unveiled at the Xbox event in June, and I think there's a decent chance. Like we've spoke about for a while, that there needs to be a price increase on Game Pass. Like it's it's far too good a deal, and I think that although there would be some initial anger. I think if they did put it up three, four pound, like people would, once they calm down a little bit, be like, right, okay, it is worth it. And it would be yeah. interesting to see if they do this both at the same time. Because I think if they're going to do this family plan, I think they're going to want people to use it. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they turned around and said, right, so Game Pass is actually going up to £13 a month or £13.99. Yeah. Um, we understand you might not be too happy about that, but we're also launching this family plan for £25 and it's a better deal. So you can continue to pay for Game Pass by yourself if you want, but you will be paying an extra £4. Or why not come over to this version? And I think that would like yeah sort of push people yeah. over as well. I I think even if even if they raised it to like twelve pound fifty a month, because then it would kind of fit like two subscriptions would be the twenty five pound anyway, or may or like you're saying, you know, if it was like fourteen pounds, so then you're making a slight saving mm. by getting the getting the other one if you have two accounts. Yeah, um, you know, because immediately if that was the case, immediately myself and um, Zoe would that my wife so i'm just like you know who zoe is apparently in my head mm-hmm. um but yeah so like myself oh, we do my, myself and zoe would uh would immediately like get that 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah of course yeah uh, it, it might yeah, be a good course. way to soften the blow as well yeah interesting to see what they do but it's, it's definitely coming soon i think yeah the increase it's just whether it's whether they'll do an increase before or after starfield that's 
that's kind of the question I've kind of got because it has to happen. Yeah. And even 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 if they argue natural inflation as their reasoning, even though we know the reasoning is because obviously acquisitions, you know, they have to start recouping some of this money. Yeah. But natural, I mean, fucking hell, uh, my broadband and my mobile phone went up fourteen percent this month because the, the the this whatever is it the CPI they call it, whatever it is I'm fucking no it's gone up so. Yeah. Natural inflation has to kick in at some Gamers point. Gamers don't understand inflation, though. If, the amount yeah, of arguments that I have had on Twitter when people are like, ah, there's no way I'm paying £60 for a game. And I'm like, do you understand how much people were paying for SNES games back in the 90s? It was less yeah, than that. No, it fucking wasn't. And you just... You, you no, sit it and wasn't. You, go, you explain it to them and they're like, nah, they just don't... Oh, it's fucking fury. <laughs> anyway. Twitter's full of morons. Oh yeah, isn't right. it? My number four, yep, is Gianni Infantino being a moron. Uh, so this guy is the head of FIFA, and as we know, uh, EA has broken up away from FIFA, and the next EA Sports football game will be called EA Sports FC. Uh, they have now dropped the FIFA license. So last year, uh, Infantino said that despite the breakaway from EA, that FIFA would not miss a release and that there would be a FIFA game this year. And at the time, we pointed <laughs> out that that was an idiotic statement because there's absolutely no way that he could round up a development studio and make a game within a year. But the guy clearly doesn't know what he's talking about, and so he surfaced again this month, well, last month in March, and he's now conceded that there will not be a FIFA game this year, but he now states that they will only miss one year and that there'll be a FIFA game in 2024. So he's once again proved that he's a moron because they definitely cannot get any sort of viable FIFA game out next year. It's just not doable. What What if they uh, What if they paid um, the people that make Pro Evo and we could have FIFA eFootball <laughs> with their with their fantastic face renders? <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing that they could possibly do. And to be honest, even though with this, even I mean, I, I have Donnie will attest to this. I have went to bat and have dug the grave for eFootball myself. I'm a massive Pez fan. As soon as it changed to eFootball, I, I, I sounded the klaxon before it happened. I said this free to play move was going to be an utter disaster. And here we are, fucking two years, a year. And, a year and eight months on from release and it's still a demo but um, that would be their best option would be to go to Konami and say can you bail us out but other than that it's not possible and what on what planet did he think they could create a whole new soccer football FIFA game within probably four years never mind one like, it is beyond baffling, to be honest with you. Um, clearly has no idea about the fucking how games work. You know, he was happy just to take their, to take EA's fucking blank check every year along with the fucking brown envelope of cash that he takes and um, has no idea what the fuck was going on because that was ludicrous. No, his exact, <laughs> uh, his exact quote was uh, that they are going to deliver the best e-game for any girl or boy. Yeah, maybe said that in a girl or boy. Best e game. 
What is an <laughs> e-game? What the fuck is he talking about? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's needing put down. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable, <laughs> man. Uh, aye, mm. so... I don't know, if I was... Obviously, there's a lot of people, like, within FIFA, invest... I mean, the amount of money that they made off at EA, like, that was a good deal for both parties. And I would be concerned that it's not sunk in yet over there at FIFA, just how much of a disaster them EA walking away is. I think as well, to to particularly, like, younger crowds that are playing FIFA and stuff, FIFA is the game. It's not... It's not the actual organization. Mm-hmm. It is the game, like it. And yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's gonna it's gonna hit harder than they've probably realized. But um, that's what happens when you when you don't make e games anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People pe- people don't people don't play FIFA because it's FIFA that you say. But people play FIFA because it's EA's soccer game. Yeah. The fact that it's called FIFA is irrelevant. It, 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 it can be called fucking anything. Well, the th- it's the game they're playing and buying. Half, probably half the gamers don't even know who fucking Gianno um, Infantino is. Oh no, no, I fucking not. don't fucking care. They just want, they just want to play their favorite game. And like you said, Paul, like a lot of people who play FIFA, it's the only game they play. Yeah, we've got a guy in our Discord, Ryan, and all he plays is FIFA three six five. He buys brand new games. Plays him for a day, weighs seventy pound, and goes back to FIFA. It's all it is, and that's what it is for people. Whatever game they come out with, as well to compete with whatever football game that EA produces, um, you know, whatever game they produce with the title FIFA on it, it's going to have to live up to expectations, or it will destroy the name of FIFA in in gaming, and yeah. people won't go need uh-huh. it after that. They'll just go straight to the EA one because I imagine when they release whatever they're going to come out with, if they ever do. Um, I still think, you know, if he's saying, what, two two years for a brand new development team, effectively, to make this game, unless they go down yeah. the e-football route and give the rights to them, uh-huh. you know, I think they've, they've got a lot of work cut out for them, because, let's be honest, EA FIFA has been, effectively, a, a reskin every single year with extra mechanics and they've built mm-hmm. upon it year by year by year and we're talking over the <laughs> over the course of many years um yep. you know and they've just built a, upon what they've already created and just improved it and maybe made it worse in some senses i'm sure some people would feel but you know i think with that you know that's a lot to live up to for a new studio in two years and it's just yep. it's not possible I yeah. reckon at most what what we might see is like some sort of football manager game. I think Possibly, they could achieve yeah. something like that, but I don't. I can't see like a full blown FIFA game at the standard of EA's coming out in two years and potentially nah. destroying the title of FIFA in gaming. Yeah, nah. Yeah, that's too big. No yeah. Uh, okay, Paul, you're number three. Oh yes. Um, yeah, so my number three is um, the gameplay trailer that was revealed for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So I thought I would start off with uh, with a wee question and see what your guys' thoughts were on The Breath of the Wild, because I know people have quite mixed emotions towards it, so I thought I'd ask you is that first before I go into it. I, I've said this a few times. I I stopped playing it. Not because I wasn't enjoying it. I picked it up during lockdown. Yeah. And there was there was so many games going on and things. I was, I was off work like, like a lot of people were. 
And I started getting, as much as I liked it, I started getting frustrated with the weapons breaking down. It started to annoy me a bit. I was like, mm, you know, because yeah. I'm one of those guys. See if I see if I find a type of weapon I like. I like to stick with it, that style because it works for me. Yeah. So I started getting a little bit annoyed with it, and then I can't remember what came out. It, 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 I don't know. Whatever game came out, or something maybe landed in the sale that distracted me, and I never went back to it. But I didn't draw because I didn't want to play it anymore. What I did play, I enjoyed. I, I genuinely did. But it just, it didn't grip me enough to go, whatever else is coming out or whatever, I can't remember what it was. I'm not, I'm sticking with this. And I remember the catalyst being the fucking weapons annoyed me a bit. Yeah, the, the weapons come, I, that was one of the pet peeves I had about it as well. Um, what, yeah. what about yourself, uh, Craig? I've never played a Zelda game. In my never. life, never, <laughs> never. not <laughs> one. Never. To be, f- to be fair, uh, the, f- I was waiting. <laughs> the first Zelda game I actually ended up playing was, well, actually, that's a lie. I, well, I haven't even said it, but it was going to be a lie. Um, what I, the first one I played was Wind Waker on GameCube way back in the day. Nice. But I was so crap at gaming back then, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but um, I ended up replaying um, Wind Waker when on Wii U, you know, that amazing console that everybody yep. is going to remember for the rest of their lives. Classic. Um, <laughs> yep. Up, <laughs> um, up there with Stadia. Um, so the... I, I played Wind Waker. I really, really enjoyed that. I loved the art style, that kind of cartoony art style they did for that. I thought it was it was, it was pretty wicked, and I liked the sailing about and stuff. Um, and then I ended up playing Twilight Princess, um, which they re-released standard Nintendo re-releasing every old game that they've ever made. Um, and I, I kind of ended up becoming a bit of a sucker for for the Legend of Zelda games. And then I played Breath of the Wild, and I actually I did enjoy Breath of the Wild. I don't think it's as spectacular as people made out. Maybe it's it's quite spectacular that the Switch can run it. If I'm absolutely honest, <laughs> that's probably like the thing that shocks me the most out of it because it does run pretty well. Um, but I had kind of the same gripes about the weapons breaking things like that. I did find that quite frustrating. Obviously, like you eventually get the Master Sword and it doesn't break, but I think it like yeah, it kind of it isn't as strong if I remember right. It's been so long since I played it. Anyway, on to um, Tears of the Kingdom. It is. It looks exactly the same as breath of the wild if i'm absolutely honest graphically and um like the actual environments and stuff look very similar um they've obviously added some new mechanics um one isn't that your weapons will stop breaking unfortunately that looks like it's doing the same thing and they show it in the trailer um but they've added in some new environments so they've added in these sky islands they're calling them i i honestly just Mm -hmm. don't see why they didn't call them skylands i I thought that would make (laughs) much more sense but anyway um maybe i'm just a sucker for a pan um so (laughs) yeah and once once you go into the skylands um you you can basically i i think these are kind of like the the vaults that were in it previously i can't remember they weren't called vaults but the little dungeons but they've kind of got like floating ones in the sky now that are in the open area and um you can you can effectively fall off the side of it you can just jump off the side and you can float down like you're skydiving or uh you know drop it in in Fortnite, um so you could just fall back down to the world underneath and some of them look like they're really high up so it's actually pretty cool um that you can basically see the entire map as you dive down into it 
Um, they've added, they've shown that they've added some new enemy types. They look very much like the Guardians, you know, those big kind of spider octopus metal things that, from the yes. first one that just like beam you with a laser within three seconds. Um, so they've there's new um, smaller enemies like that. But the thing that really stood out to me, and this is the bit that we're clearly trying to sell in the trailer, was the new abilities. So they've got an ability called Recall, um, which means that you can reverse an object's movement. So the example they gave was in one of these sky islands um, a big rock falls down from it and then they get they get link they jump up onto the rock and then they use the ability and it reverses the rock so it basically works like an elevator i thought that uh -huh. i thought it was really cool because there's obviously many objects that are going to be in the game that are going to move and if you can kind of play about with any of them it would be interesting to see what the limitations to that are like if if an enemy throws an item at me for example like a spear could i if i was quick enough and accurate enough could i technically send that back and things like that that's the things i was thinking uh -huh. so quite an interesting one they've also got fuse which lets you build custom weapons so although obviously there was the issue with the breaking weapons as we know but this one you can actually combine any random weapons that you find along the way or you can even combine so the one of the examples I gave, which it just looks really random, but it's actually kind of cool how it works, is that they stuck this mushroom to his shield. So when he was hit and he blocked with his shield, the enemy caused the mushroom to ex basically burst into a puff of smoke. So then he could move around the enemy and use a special attack to take him down in one hit. And I was like, that's actually quite mm -hmm. smart. Um, yeah, it's cool. But all the like, I think all the items around you can be combined in some way, shape, or form, and it's quite unique to how you want to do it. Um, so I just thought it was a it was a really cool mechanic, and they kind of they they leaned into that, that mechanic a little bit further with um, one called Ultra Hand, which lets you build vehicles, so you can build vehicles to navigate the map, um, just out of logs, and there's like fans and things lying about. I would assume like certain enemies, if you defeat them, might drop certain objects that you can then manipulate into some form of vehicle at a later date um and then the final ability um that they showed was ascend which lets you effectively teleport through any ceiling above you so if you're so i suppose the thing in breath of the wild was the climbing and stuff did get a bit boring after a while i found and with a lot of these high areas and things that they've added in um it it makes sense to have this ability where they showed it in a building so effectively if there's a roof above you you can you can it puts a wee portal and link kind of squeezes his way through the portal um and ends up on top of it but they also did it in a cave so there was a there was a cave on the side this big cliff and he went into the cave and he teleports right through the ceiling of the cave and then you spawn kind of on top of that like on the hill on the top which i think would uh -huh. be really good just for moving about the map a little bit quicker because i must say when i'm playing when i'm playing an open world kind of rpg game like that i do if i've got like a good few side quests on the go that i'm just trying to blast through so then i can move on to the main mission because that tends to be how i play them I, I do get a bit fed up with traversing sometimes so having the little abilities that are going to help um your movement about around the open world it looks great so yeah i am actually quite excited about it i'm 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 gonna pick it up and i'm gonna give it a blast i do think that it is very much breath of the wild 2 though it you know it looks very much like it, it the mechanics seem very similar the way that the game just into just how it appears straight up it, it is just breath of the wild but um yeah it'll be interesting to see how they lead the story and things but it, i think it looks quality um, 
It does. I, I, I do yeah. think it looks really good. To be fair, I know I said I've not played any Zelda games in the past, but um, I think that's just because, like, back in the the sort of NES era, I was a big Nintendo fan, but I sort of came away from it on the PlayStation One, and I did dip my toes in quite a bit for like Mario and stuff like that. But I just, yeah, up until, I say, up until I would say the last ten years, like RPGs weren't massively my thing. Um, and they have became a lot more so in in recent years. Um, but I remember when Breath of the Wild came out, and I thought to myself, that looks really cool. I was busy with Horizon at the time, uh, but I thought I'll get to it. And I always said to myself, if I ever see it for less than 40 quid, I'll pick it up. And <laughs> we're now five years down the line. And interestingly... Um, my wife Jess, she watched the trailer you were talking about for Tears of the Kingdom and thought, this looks pretty cool. And she's went and picked up Breath of the Wild. We're just waiting on it getting delivered. Oh, so she hasn't no played way. one either, but she is going to be playing it later this week uh, in anticipation for Tears of the Kingdom. So the fact that I will finally have a copy of it in the house, I will be trying it soon. Because um, I, I do, I genuinely think it looks really cool. Uh, one of the things that put me off, like I'm huge on achievements and trophies, and it kills me that Nintendo hasn't implemented such, like anything like that. And I just, it yeah. absolutely kills me. Like if they added an achievement system into Nintendo games, I would play my Switch twenty times more. To <laughs> to be fair, Nintendo still haven't probably in, implemented party chat, so Aye, or online <laughs> or just there's so there's so many things that they're a nightmare with. Um I th- I thought it was interesting as well when you said that it like Tears of the Kingdom looks like like Breath of the Wild 2, and it, it you're totally right, it does, and I think the issue with that is almost like back to what we sort of briefly mentioned at the start of the podcast, like the Switch at this point is so badly needing an upgrade. Like when yeah. when Breath of the Wild came out, that thing was pushing the console to the limit. Yep. And so they can't really innovate too much because the console's not really capable of much more than what happened when like like that was a launch title, wasn't it, Breath of the Wild? Yeah, mm-hmm. do you know though? Actually, do you know if I think about it, one thing I hands up got to say to Nintendo, they're they're really good at getting their games to work on lower hardware. Oh god, obviously. Yeah. But they, I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild actually launched on Wii U as well at the same it time. It did, yeah. Yeah, a testament to them actually to, to have managed even getting it to run on that they you know they they are very skilled at using kind of war end hardware but they've got such good ips like they really do they've got such a library of amazing games that could look so so much better and i know you know the thing with nintendo isn't necessarily how it looks um and they're probably a little bit wary to gamble (laughs) thank thank god it's not yeah i know yeah (laughs) and they're probably a little bit wary to gamble on you know uh a kind of higher paid console because then they're going to be competing alongside PlayStation and Xbox and they they're quite comfy in their little niche I think like yeah. I think they're they're quite they're quite happy being the second console <laughs> to most people's gaming setups but um but I would like to see them push it a wee bit further cuz I mean this, this is still a console that's 6 years old that still sold 14 million units last year yeah so this is still a jug juggernaut like it's coming to the end of its life and it's still shipping insane numbers. Um, I think Tears of the Kingdom looks great. Yeah, it's definitely Breath of the Wild 2, which I always treated it as a sequel to that anyway. 
Yeah. I don't like people, I don't like these little digs, oh, it's a DLC. You can say that about any fucking game. People, again, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, like uh, it's another, scratch another one next to, you know, Toxic Gamers um, with that shit. It's just like Ragnarok, <sighs> that was a DLC. There it is. So it's, yeah, I, I do think it looks great. It's going to sell <laughs> massively. I'm a little bit surprised that it's not launching with a Switch 2, Super Switch whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm a bit surprised. I must admit, I, I, I can only assume they're saving the next Metroid for that then. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to do unbelievable numbers. I mean, you think how many copies Breath of the Wild sold when the Switch was new. You think about it now, there's 140 million of them in the wild or whatever it is. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be huge. I th- to be fair, I'm pretty sure they've always marketed it as Breath of the Wild 2 until they got the the name Tears of the Kingdom. I'm pretty sure that's how mm-hmm. they, they kind of advertised it. So yeah, it was even called it was, that probably, it, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was kind of to be expected anyway. Um, but I I think it, it is it might actually be the only Zelda game that has come out in the exact same art style though, because I'm pretty sure they all came out slightly different. Like, looking slightly different. If I, I remember right, right actually, I might yeah. be wrong, but I think every single one of them has been in a different art style, so I think this is the only one that is an actual true sequel. Don't hold me to that. No. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Uh, Certainly recently, I think, yeah. I suppose it's possible maybe back in the like sixteen bit era, but yeah, I I think you're right. I they have always yeah. I mean I've always sort of seen them from afar and yeah, they're always look they always look different. Don't know. I'd i I'm trying to think if there was any one that are the same, but I I can't think of any. I'm sure if there is, then and somebody gets mad at me saying that, then they can get angry at me on Twitter. So, oh yeah, come at me. Oh yeah, they'll they'll <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll they'll tweet Craig's account. Don't worry, he'll take the abuse for you. Get him to fuck off. <laughs> 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 okay, fucking Tony, your number three. Yeah, man. Listen, I'll, I'll make this quick. My, my number three was the uh, Diablo Four beta. Um, so weekend of the seventeenth. Yep, uh, the closed beta launched, which um, I jumped into the Duke Craig, and then the following weekend was the open one. This game fucking rocks, by the way. Um, I am I'm so shocked how much I like this. I've been I've been wanting to get into Diablo for a while. I, I tried Diablo one. Pro- to be fair, Paul, you were probably like three at the time. You know, <laughs> um, I tried this a long time ago, and I was so young, didn't understand, didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had that it was a it was a it was a fake copy, a PC copy, and I've never touched Diablo since. Wanted to get into Diablo, wanted to try it, and I've been patiently waiting for Diablo Four. If Jim Ryan wasn't such an arse, it could have been on Game Pass by now. But that's that. Uh, them's the breaks. So um, I'm I, I'm I'm in love with this game. To be honest with you. Playing as a necromancer last weekend was just brilliant. Um, I don't know what to do now because in June we have the full release and I've also got Final Fantasy 16. So this is... Um, <laughs> well, you've shot all this is, this is like, since day one, so you may as well play Diablo. It's, it's, it's like fucking Sophie's Choice, you know? Um, I don't know what I'm doing here, to be honest with you, in terms of where, where I'm going to go. Because Diablo is not a game where you can play for two weeks, then Final Fantasy comes out, and then it, it, you're, you're all in or all out, especially not just for two weeks. So, But anyway, love to be at. Think it's a, I think it's a spectacular game. And yeah, looking forward to seeing 
how it launches, how it reacts, and and to see who who gets into it. I know, I know, Craig, you were the same as me. You were surprised how much you liked it as well. I think a lot of people were. Yeah, I I jumped in. Uh, one of the boys in Discord, Jimmy, gave me a code, and I've never played a Diablo game much like Zelda. And I thought everyone was. It's that way where like on the Discord, everyone was getting hyped for it, and I thought. Ugh, it's a big series. It's again not generally my type of game, but I'll check it out see see how it is. And it was one of those things where I've got so much to play and there's so much coming out that I honestly was booting this thing up, going, "Please be shit, please be shit," so I can just wipe my hands of this <laughs> and move on. And about ten minutes in, I was like, "Motherfucker, this is really good. <laughs> this is really, really good." Uh, I only played it for about an hour because I, at that point I was just like, I know I'm in, I'm in. Like I've got too much, I've got three reviews on the go at the time, I had too much to play and I was like, I, I can't stick with this for the whole weekend. But um, And I, then I didn't play the open beat at all. Uh, but I'm, 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 I would say I'm in day one. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and it, the, the weird part is, it was what I thought it was. And what I thought it was, I didn't think I would like, but I think it's just the gameplay is so responsive and it just feels like it's like it's feeding you breadcrumbs all the time. Oh, here's a wee upgrade. Oh, this thing's a slight bit better than your last thing. Oh, here's this. Here's there's <laughs> another enemy just out of the screen. And it's just, I, it just, it feeds you really well. And like I say, the gameplay is so responsive. It actually looks really good as well. Like I didn't really, and, and, seen it in like um streams and stuff like that i i didn't fully grasp how beautiful it looks um and how detailed it was and so yeah i, I thought it was excellent i'm i'm definitely in it's a it's not a game i've ever played before but it's one that i've kind of been interested in which is quite surprising because i very much well we have like a whole co-op section on on our youtube channel and I know that it leans quite heavily into the kind of co-op gameplay side of things as well. Um, but I've just never gotten around to playing one of them. I, I've, it's just, I think, you see when it's a big game like that, I find I find big games that I know, I know if I, if I go to play it, it's going to consume me. <laughs> I'm gonna, it has to, yeah, yeah. And I will not play anything else in between. And for me, I have to like take a proper leap of faith to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to play this game because I like I, an example of a game that I can think of is like I played a bit of Warframe once because my mate was skint and it was free to play. So we we're like, right, let's play this. This is quite far back in the day before there was much free to play options. And I ended up putting a stupid amount of hours into that game. Like, I just got obsessed <laughs> with it. And I know it'd be the same way with Diablo, like, oh, but I have heard so much good stuff about it that it almost feels ridiculous not to try it at this point. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. Maybe, maybe wait and see if it lands on Game Pass at any point. Eh? Hopefully, yeah, I'm sure at some point it will. <laughs> it's it's one of these things though, like a game like that. You're not dropping seventy quid on it unless you're already in. Like it's it's yeah. not a game. Well, mind you, do you actually, do you know what? I, I'll I'll take that back because I would have said the same a year ago about Elden Ring, and look how well that did, and look at the number of new players that played that. So maybe yeah. I'm wrong there in saying that. Maybe if, maybe if the game's good enough and it's marketed right, it will land no matter what. But I think I think it's going to be huge. I I, I genuinely think apparently you know people who are who play Diablo will be screaming this, but seemingly Diablo is all about the end game. It's not so much about the story, but it's it's the end game content. It's what you do afterwards, that grind, that that uh, co-op side of things. 
And I think, see if they nail that right off the bat, I think it could genuinely be game of the year contender stuff. I think it could be that big. Yeah. Yeah, people definitely seem very into it. Yeah, I I didn't see a single complaint other than people saying maybe like like my build the necromancer people saying oh it's a bit op but seemingly it's quite op in number three as well apparently so i, I think they'll need to maybe tw- they maybe need to nerf some things and, and and maybe buff some other things in some classes but that always happens that happens in all these type of games it happened in modern warfare the first beat i had to come back and they had to nerf some guns etc so that's all part of the beta testing that's the that's the point, isn't it? But in terms of the game, I didn't see a single complaint out of both weekends. So yeah. um, I think it's going to be huge. Cool. I would think so. Okay, so we're on to my number three, and it is Dredge, which is a new indie game by Black Salt Games, and it was published by Team 17. I fucking love this game. I hadn't really... So... <sighs> Late last year, I heard a few people talking about it. Uh, they played preview builds and they were saying, look, this is a game to really watch out for. Next big indie hit, that sort of energy. And I was like, right, didn't really look too far into it. I thought, I'll definitely play it when it comes out. And there was even there was a demo a couple of weeks ago on the Switch. I uh, avoided that as well and just thought, I'm just going to go in blind, see how I find it. And I fucking loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think my... Uh, when I checked the Xbox yesterday, I think my game time is at 52 hours. Oost. Um, Which for a game that, with a guide, you could complete in 15 is saying something. I just couldn't put it down. I honestly couldn't put it down. It, you don't need to spend that amount of time with it, but the gameplay loop is just so addictive that I didn't want to stop. Um, it's just, it does a little bit it's not like Diablo, but it does that sort of Diablo thing where it just keeps there's always and there's always a next goal that's really close and so <laughs> yeah, like there was so many, there was three nights in a row I was up till three o'clock in the morning because I was just, <laughs> cause I was just and it's a great game for like, I have one of the games sir, um, things that you can put your phone into, so I was playing on xCloud while watching films and TV shows and it was just time just flew by like there was so much like there's 128 different type of fish to catch and i was like i'm i'm 100 in this game so i'm in there and i'm, <laughs> I'm in the, all the different regions like all right i'm in the encyclopedia where does this, this type of fish right okay it's in that region and it only comes out at night right great and i need this type of rod great um a little bit animal crossing in that way um certainly the same sort of addictive quality as animal crossing i would say um and yeah, I just, I just absolutely loved it. Everything about it, the way it handles the characters. The only downside to it was there is side missions, but they all amount to fetch quests. And Aww. so that was a little bit disappointing. Um, it is, from what I understand, the team's first proper game, though. And so from that point of view, it's just incredible. It's an absolute, it's an indie gem through and through. Yeah, you um, you sold this to me, not literally, obviously, um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I played it over the weekend, and I thought it was great, it's so much fun, the the loop is really addictive, like, when you look at, because you, you've, you've literally got about, what, two minutes to do a run, effectively, it's, it's quick, it's, you know, in and out, yep. and you're looking at your clock going, right, it's two in the afternoon, I need to get back by six, seven o'clock, really, 
that's like 30 seconds. There's a bit, a bit there I can go to. And it's like, right, going for it. And then you fuck it. Then the fear kicks in yeah. because you're like, shit, I have made a mistake here. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's so much fun. And it's a game that you can literally just put a set of headphones on, play some music, listen to a podcast, listen to Pure Dead Gaming, obviously, and just play and just enjoy the the game loop. It's uh, it's very addictive. Yeah, I would li- I would liken it to it's almost like a dying light style day night cycle. Um, so during the day everything seems quite tranquil, quite calm. You're like, oh, this is a quite a cute game, bit of fishing. But then once once the sun goes down, there's monsters, there's it, there's a fear meter that just starts to take over. And once you see that sun going down, you are pulling up that map and looking where can I dock because yeah and if you've got fish you need to dock at a certain place where you can sell your fish otherwise they'll rot um spoil yeah and uh yeah it's just such a clever game and uh, like you say like the each day only lasts maybe two three minutes max and they've got a really interesting mechanic where when you're in your boat if you are staying still time doesn't move time only moves when you move and when you fish time goes and fast forward so you might be at three o'clock in the afternoon and you're quite near uh, a dock and you think right I'm okay I'll do a bit of fishing but if you especially if you miss one of the prompts while we are fishing like three hours can pass catching a fish and mm-hmm. it, in reality it takes 10 seconds but the, the time goes so yeah. fast and all of a sudden you were in a safe situation but you've now got yourself in trouble and your light your wee light and your boat starts flickering and you're like I'm fucked I am fucked here <laughs> I need to get to a dock. Yeah. But yeah, really, really clever idea, clever game. Um, yeah, it's, it's the most, it's the, I said in the reviews, to be honest, it is definitely the most fun I've had with a game so far this year. Uh, yeah. just and it's like enjoyment. 20 quid, isn't it? It's 20 quid, though. Yeah, it's 20, that... 21 pound, I think. 21 quid. I definitely yeah. need to check out. I've seen a few people talking about it and it it, it has intrigued me. I wasn't, I wasn't overly sold when I seen people talking about it on Twitter because I was just, I was just like kind of perusing past it. But mm-hmm. hearing hearing what you've said there, that kind of uh, the fact that it kind of feeds you endorphins, and there's definitely an irony around the amount of timekeeping in the game mm-hmm. versus how it affects your timekeeping in real life. By the sounds of it, yeah, <laughs> that, that but, was made that was made very clear to me by my wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is it is like that with games like that though. You know when you 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 know there's just like oh there's that one other thing to do. Oh, do you know what? I'll just quickly do it, and then that one other thing becomes ten other things, and then you've you know two hours have passed and you're like oh shit um so yeah no it sounds it sounds really good you you've definitely you've definitely sold it to me here it's interesting as as well so like i say i've i've put in over 50 hours now and there was absolutely no need to do that but i was playing it uh, for review before launch and i really wanted the thousand g and it was difficult because there was no guides whatsoever. So I was doing a lot of it blind <laughs> and I got to the point where I've only got two achievements left to get. And I, it just got to the point where I was like, I can't, I just, there was one side quest I was missing and I didn't know where to activate it to do it. And I was yeah. just like, I, I can't keep doing this. And right before I came on to record tonight, I was like, right, the game's been out a few days now. Surely somebody's got a guide up. And I had a look and there is a guide. And I was so excited. I nearly just sacked these both <laughs> off. It was a way, to, a way to finish this. I was so excited. I saw I could finish it now. 
<laughs> so that's what tonight's hour's delay was. Motherfucker. No, it's not done, but it'll be getting done before bed, I tell you that. <laughs> Buzzing. Buzzing. Okay, Paul, your number two. So my number two was uh, the Starfield launch date trailer, so we've oh, yeah. we've already discussed that. We've done. We've done that. To be my number two by process of elimination. Um so I when I'm in a two, I I I put this to you guys beforehand. I want to have a little a little discussion, a little feature, if you will. Um this month, obviously there's 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 a shit ton of stuff going on, you know, with, with, with merger talk, shall we say. But an interesting tidbit came out this month regarding the merger, which was Microsoft saying that Sony has got 10 years to create their own Call of Duty rival. Plenty of time to do it. So I kind of wanted to put that question to you and, and kind of put, and kind of put my thoughts and, and see, listen, you know, is that possible? What would it look like? And there's been some really good discussions on Twitter, on Discord around this. And I thought to myself, like, can you like, can it be done? And what would the what would the crack be? And I thought to myself, you know, from from PlayStation's point of view, the things on their side is they've got three IPs that they've killed, um, shockingly over the years, in Killzone, SOCOM, and and even Resistance, if we count that as, as the third. So there's established IPs already there that are easy enough to bring back. And if, if I've said this once, I've said it a hundred times on this podcast that I firmly believe one of the 10 live service games Sony's making, one of them has definitely got to be Killzone and or SOCOM. More than likely Killzone, but surely out of all those games, the, uh, the, that, the, the plans are already in, in, in motion with, uh, with, with Killzone or, or SOCOM. So there is... That for me is, is big because straight away, you know, if, if you're if you're not having to create something out of thin air, if you've already got an established story and you've also got millions of players who appreciated these games and continually slag Sony off for killing them, you're onto a win straight away. And then I then thought to myself, well, ten years is a long time in gaming. Like in ten years' time, Craig, me and you'll be nearly fifty. Like the PlayStation Six or whatever follow up to the series consoles come out will be kind of probably three quarters through their life. And I saw an interesting tweet I didn't appreciate, and that was that in the last 10 years, like Call of Duty, up until Modern Warfare got remade, Call of Duty, not that it wasn't selling, because that's the wrong way to look at it, but it wasn't as well received. As in, like, you know, it was it wasn't a down a downward trajectory. Remaking Modern Warfare boosted it into the sort of stratospheric game again. So a lot can change in 10 years. A lot can happen. Yeah. In ten years, in, in ten years, uh, Microsoft could kill God. <laughs> Absolutely, they fucking killed Halo. Oh, yeah, you know, that was going to be my, you know? that, that was actually what I was yeah. going to lead into. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, the, the irony, you know, from from the COD killers. I'm sorry, the the the, the, the uh, Halo killers. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, negative points. Obviously, it's it's the money. Absolutely, the the, the money and the established player base. Like I've said this before as well. Like. Sony or any other company could make the greatest shooter and launch it tomorrow. Someone could make the next Fortnite that it's a much better game technically and all the rest. But these games are so established now that I don't even think it would matter. Like, I don't think people would jump ship. I think because they're so established at this moment in time that your efforts would almost be, would almost be futile. Um... 
obviously we, we we know the financial side of things you know like you know sony as the example here you know they're they're estimated to make somewhere around about 400 million dollars a year from from call of duty launch anything up to that between three and four hundred million when it's free money that's free money that they, they take a look okay, a little bit of marketing we know that these sort of marketing deals that no one's happy with but it's free. There's no costs off that. You know, developing a Call of Duty costs $250 million to bring that game to life. That money has to be invested and you're still not getting your Call of Duty income, your free income, to subsidise it. That's a huge ask for, for, for any company. You know, it's... I don't know what they do there. I, I don't know where that goes. In terms of, even if you looked at Killzone and you went, right, okay, do we throw, do we throw $200 million at Killzone? To, to to get what return? It's um, it's I I feel as though that it's that it's it's, a, it's on a hiding to nothing as we say up here. One option that I did think outside the box, right, and I thought, what the fuck could they do? I wondered, right, if they could approach EA and approach Dice and went, see that game you've got, Battlefield. Let's make that exclusive. So already an established game. It was a COD rival at one point. The latest one obviously launched to shit. Apparently it's in a good state now, but again, thinking about the years to come, Sony approached DICE and say, let's bring this exclusive to PlayStation. We'll co-fund it. We'll market it. We'll make it big. Might even bring it on PS Plus. And if we get the numbers we want over three, five years, we'll buy it. We'll buy the company. We'll buy DICE. We'll buy Battlefield, the IP, whatever it is. And it becomes the PlayStation established literal core rival. I know it's a little bit outside the box. I do appreciate that, but yeah, that's kind of where my my thinking went. I think if I think if they were gonna go down that route, they would maybe look at Titanfall and take Apex if they could. Shout, yeah. I think just for a competitor for Warzone, because if we're honest, you know, I think as much as it's not my cup of tea, battle royales are the big money makers. Um, yes, you know, for for the store and stuff like that, and I think going down that route you know battlefield tried the battle royale in battlefield 5 it didn't work um you know i think battlefield's been off its game for quite a while now um don't get me wrong i've enjoyed bits of 2042 but i also picked up for 10 pounds so i don't have a bad taste in my mouth about spending (laughs) 70 quid on it like other people have but um but yeah i i think i think going down the titanfall route would be a a smart move for them if they were going to go it's ea as well of course isn't it so yeah yeah. um and we all know that ea is looking to looking to be purchased so as well so it kind of ties in with that fit yeah i do think you know i read the is is 10 years enough to make a cod killer and i think it was it phil spencer that allegedly said this he yeah, said so. yeah and i was quite i was quite dumbfounded by that factor because if if i'm not if i'm not right correct me but i'm pretty sure halo infinite took 10 years to develop um and we've seen how brilliant that's done um <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm not uh I'm not necessarily like a Halo loyalist or whatever, but it was funny when when you were saying about um the PlayStation stuff and what people have said about like oh you know they've they've killed this game you know could, mm-hmm. basically what everybody said about the previous Halo game um that you know all three for three have ruined it and then there was this big hype for Halo Infinite and in my opinion like I know people still enjoy it and I think mechanically it plays really well. 
but just the way that they've they've put it out, the way that you know it released with missing content, etc., it just caused it to to flop significantly. So I think it's yeah. an ironic question for for Xbox to be asked asking, I agree, totally. given the fact that in ten years they developed Halo Infinite and it was mid tier at best. Um, you know, so I th- I do think it's a bit of an ironic statement, but uh, then again, they're, they're in a bit of a in a kind of legal slagging match just now, where they're just trying to of course rip into each other. So, so yeah, if I was you know if I was Jim Ryan, I'd be throwing that in their face personally, and that's as a as an Xbox player. But um, but yeah, I. No, I I don't think so. I think you're absolutely right in what you're saying. It needs to be an established game. It needs to be an established title at this point. People have a loyalty to Call of Duty from years and years of playing it, and they've. Yeah. And I would suggest I would even go as far to suggest that, you know, there is a lot more, you know, people of parental age that play games now than ever before, and they're then playing these games with their their kids as they grow up as well so we've got generations that are playing call of duty now (laughs) you know we've got we've got generations that have this name this title this game and i'm you know if if playstation were i i think playstation are a little bit more unique in that i would say that there's maybe a little no there probably isn't but i feel like on playstation there's almost less competition for the for the shooter market because you've really only got what Call of Duty Battlefield and Apex? Apex is that it yeah. really? I, yeah, I mean that's that's PlayStation's own fault. I mean they they had three great shooters and all three of them were dead. Now, okay, I appreciate that that, that SOCOM's sort of the, the reviews and and the feedback dwindled as each kind of game went on. But whereas Killzone didn't, Killzone was on the up every time. It was a, I'm pretty sure it launched PS4 launch title as well. You know that that was on the ascendancy. That got better as time went on, um, and it's and it's and it's dead. But like I said, I've and I've died on this hill that there, that there is a new one being made. Hundred percent. Those those ten live service games do not include an established IP shooter. Cannot they cannot not have that. Yeah, I sort of like. I think if there's going to be a Call of Duty killer. I don't think PlayStation are capable of making it. I think for a start, for something to come along and take the crown off Call of Duty, it would have to be a game that is available on all platforms. And I don't think Sony have the humility to do that. And so you'd be looking at stuff like Killzone, like maybe Resistance. But is I think you're right. I think like the... Killzone that launched was it Shadowfall that launched with the PlayStation Four? Yeah, it reviewed yeah. well. It was bought moderately, but I mean, it's going to be. It was a launch title, but to me, I, I think you're right. I think Killzone will come back, but I think it's a mistake to bring it back. Like, okay. I think for the casual gamer or for people who weren't that into Killzone but remember it being about, it's it's got a stink of a failed franchise. I think they need to come out with something new. Like, Sony benched it because it wasn't good enough. And yeah, bringing it back, you will have some people going, oh, I remember that and it was good. But it's also got a stink of failure about it because they sent it away because it wasn't doing well enough. I know, but again, look, again, I mentioned about 10 years being a long time. Time's a healer. 
And especially if you bring something back, you know, how many times have you said you want this game to come back, this game to come back, Turok, you know, Dino Crisis? It, when, it would have if, to be a reboot. If you give it, of course, it would have been an, an, an entire reboot. It wouldn't, yeah, you're right, it wouldn't be a sequel. But that's fine. It, it's been long enough now that no one's got a fucking clue any of the plots anyway. I don't know what fucking Killzone's about. I can't fucking remember. Bowman does. Um, Bowman, not a single <laughs> yeah. person. You wouldn't know if it was yeah. a reboot yeah, or yeah. a new story. You could, you yeah. could probably like ask 10 random PlayStation gamers and they wouldn't be able to name one character from it. Like, yeah, but that's, but that's, that's fine. Cause that's, that's okay. Because when you, that's, that's the whole point of rebooting and re-energizing it into a modern and new market. I, I personally don't see that. It, I guess it depends on what type of game it is. You know, I, I keep saying the, the live service thing because it makes sense. But does that mean it'll be a free-to-play game? Will it be like a Warzone? Or will it be a campaign and an online? So like a Modern Warfare 2? I don't know. No one's Sony, it'd be more like a Modern Warfare 2 with so they could charge you 70 quid um, rather than give you a Warzone. But even then, it's so hard to get people off fucking war. My pal Bruff, he's finally got back to playing Ragnarok this week. He's been playing Warzone constantly since it launched. What was that? November? And he hasn't been able to come off that game for five, six months. Yeah. You That's know? the thing. I mean, and now he's finally, if, he's finally going back. If Call of Duty is going to, to get toppled, it's going to be certainly partly from inside. Like it's going to be, it's going to be Call of Duty getting stagnant as much as it is going to be something else coming along because there is yeah, people yeah. Which is, so indoctrinated. Like the, in the mainstream yep. media, first person shooter is COD. That's it. Like, yes. It, yeah. But it, but it is to me as well though. If, if if you said to me, name a first person shooter, the first game I think of is COD. Yeah. There's 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 yeah. a, and you're there's right a bunch of gamers. Thing, though. You're right there's a that. bunch of gamers that have more. They're more synonymous with COD than FPS. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Do you, do you know what PlayStation really just needs to commit some funding to is bringing back Army Men. <laughs> do you remember that game yes yeah, yeah. absolute quality you see when you got a flamethrower you're playing split screen with your pal just melting them <laughs> <laughs> we, actually, we actually spoke about that in the discord there recently. was another there was a game that came out it was a it wasn't the same game there was it was a remake of something similar though or was it a port an old port they made can't remember it was Gaudi was quite excited about it but it wasn't the same thing mm-hmm I think he was even a toy soldier, was he not, or something like that. I don't fucking know. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, listen. To be fair, I mean, obviously, I mentioned Battlefield there because it's the rival to COD. But listen, Titanfall as well. I mean, you know, I, I I never played Titanfall, but see, when I see people speak about Titanfall two, they speak about it with such love. Like people love that oh, game, yeah. and people are still bitter that Respawn or EA killed that. People are still bitter about that. I I'm one of those like, people. Like, yeah, there's yeah. Be, like I, I literally saw a tweet not that long ago that said like Titanfall Two is still worth buying and playing today. It's that good a game. Yeah. It it is a fantastic game. The the people from Respawn that went over to to make and design Titanfall were the same were some of the same people that made a uh, Modern Warfare Two. Um, yeah, yeah, from Infinity Ward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they went over and made Titanfall. I think they were screwed over in some sort of contract or something. Yeah, they, they were. The, bon- yeah. the, the bonuses fucked them, yeah. Yeah, and so then they left and they went to go and design Titanfall 
Um, and the first Titanfall absolutely flopped because I think it released in between Call of Duty and Battlefield at the time, um, right. which is obviously a terrible, terrible release date um, for any brand new shooter game. And but it was. It, it it was and it is a, a brilliant game the the shooting like for a for a brand new ip to be as well polished and to have the movement and stuff that it had so you can do like wall runs and things um a bit like the kind of uh, that that call of duty phase where they had jetpacks yeah. um i <laughs> i skipped that phase um but <laughs> ironically even though i like titanfall but um but yeah the the gameplay was just absolutely prime and then you just affect have you have you not played it ever no no you, I've, you heard, I've heard call, amazing things about it you call in so your your kill streak is basically that you call in a giant mech suit and I mean giant, and then you just go about just absolutely trampling everything, and then you there'll be other players in their mech suits, which are the Titans, um, and you just fight these giant freaking robots while everybody else is playing like a normal first-person shooter on the ground. It's mental, but it's really, really fun. Right. Um, like it, it's, it almost feels like you're playing two multiplayer games in one. Once you get the suit, you feel like you're playing almost like a different game. Um, but it's great and it still remains a first person shooter like you still have like a gun and stuff in the mech suit and you're just giant um, oh, and it adds it adds a really kind of interesting element to it but yeah it, even if you haven't played it now I'm pretty sure like in the most recent Xbox sale it was down to like £2 or something mm. definitely yeah, recommend both... picking it up just because yeah. it's got a campaign as well the second one the first yeah. one doesn't but yeah. the second one does and the campaign's actually pretty decent too um, yeah, so that, it's yeah. definitely worth it's definitely worth the two the two three pound one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like like I say, like just in, in closing about that, like I, I I do maintain that if anything comes along to to take over Call of Duty, I I don't believe that PlayStation are capable of making it. It would have to be, um, it would have to be third party, and I don't think PlayStation have the ability to release something like that on Xbox. So I think it would have to come from like an EA or or someone like that. Like I've said often in this podcast before that like obviously Halo has many problems, but I think one of those problems is that internally at Xbox, they still have a feeling that Halo used to be the biggest FPS going and they still sort of judge it under those terms. And given the market share that Xbox currently have, I know it's available on PC, but given the market share they have on consoles, it's not even capable of being that. It can't be. It can't be compared to Call of Duty. Like it's apples and oranges. You just can't. And I think that anything yeah. PlayStation put out, even though they do have the market share on consoles, it still isn't enough to come to properly compete with something where you go I but I can play here with someone on Xbox and someone on PC and soon someone on Switch yeah. and someone on the toilet and someone do you know what I mean like PlayStation are not <laughs> going to allow that level of interconnectivity and that will hold them back yeah. yeah I think that cross play element particularly between consoles I'm not massive um, with playing with PC players when I'm playing on console. Yeah, um, same. As, as, I'm, Fuck those I'm guys. A, I, I have a I have a PC. I I play PC games, but I I absolutely do not believe it's fair in the slightest. But yeah, I think console like consoles having uh, live service games should have cross play and it should be available. And 
Like, yeah. as an Xbox player, I would have zero issue with Halo multiplayer being available to people on PlayStation. Like, it, it would not phase me in the slightest. And I actually think, if anything, it would help Xbox. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, again, no, I, I think there is an element. I, I honestly think that Xbox would consider it. Um, but I know, I think we all know that PlayStation are very precious about their their exclusives. Yeah, yeah. The spanner in the works, obviously, is Bungie and Bungie's next title and what happens there. You know, does do, do Sony get dirty and say, right, that's it, fucking Destiny 3 is exclusive? Um, who knows? Time will tell on that. Plus, as well, they're making another game, aren't they? Which yeah, but we, we, don't know we didn't speak about Destiny. So. They're, they're, they've probably got as good a chance as anybody of creating a COD killer. That's... Yeah, when you were saying Sony can't do it, technically Sony can, but Bungie absolutely can. Yeah, um, that, that's a yeah. really cool. that's a really good point actually about Bungie. They they could yeah. they could definitely produce something because even though the PvP element of Destiny isn't the biggest part of that game, it is it is really good. Yeah, um, yeah, oh, that's a thinker that one. Yeah, indeed, indeed, cool. Craig, My number, number two. two. So this sort of piggybacks off of the the Starfield delay, although it was never really called a delay. It was just sort of here's the release date, um, and it's just how long it's taken Xbox to get a proper release schedule in the go. Like I think we spoke a lot about at the beginning of the year about this is going to be the year at Xbox. Um, the console's really going to come into its own and I fully believe that I think Game Pass so far this year has been excellent I think it's going to go from strength to strength like I've said in the past that even if there was first party delays the amount of quality third party stuff that we already know is coming would be enough to carry it but I just it continues to baffle me how long they are taking to get like a proper release schedule with how many studios they've got, with how much time they've had, we should be getting a triple A Xbox exclusive every quarter. And yeah. I do think we're gonna to get to that point. But Starfield moving into September just makes me think how how long is this gonna take? Like, say Starfield did release on eleven eleven last year. And initially, apparently Forza was going to come late last year, or certainly early this year. What would this year have looked like? Like, at the moment, we're sort of... It looks like Forza's been pushed into the second half of the year, although we don't have that confirmed. We know that Starfield is coming in September. And so... What, Redfall and May. Redfall and May. Like, it's a good spread. They do have a, a decent spread. But if these get, Redfall was supposed to come last year, Starfield was supposed to come yeah. last, last year, there's talk that Forza was supposed to come last year or in the first three months of this year. If that had happened, wh- what else was going to. Where else are these games? Like, I mean, Hellblade 2, like, granted, these games were announced too early, but it was announced in 2019. The initiative was formed in 2018. Perfect Dark announced in 2020. By half the accounts going about, they don't even have a game yet. There's like they brought on um, Alan Wake developers. Absolutely blanking on their name. Remedy. They brought on Remedy to help. We still haven't seen anything. Yeah. And then apparently the the Fable game's been in production since twenty eighteen. Like I know it was only announced in twenty twenty, but they scaled up for that project in twenty eighteen, and again, here we are five years later, nothing, absolutely nothing, and like I'm a, 
it sounds like I'm being negative on Xbox, but like I really want them to succeed. I think they've got the potential to have so many good games. Like if you think about it, if you were to sit there and list what Xbox has announced as coming and what PlayStation has announced it coming, you would look at it and go, I'm buying an Xbox. Because yeah. the lineup they've got is absolutely superb. But you, as someone who follows the industry quite closely, you go, but where are these games? Like, I, I still feel like Phil Spencer, he's still getting a lot of slack almost, as if it's like, ah, well, he needs time to get it right. He's been there since 2014. He's been there for eight years. Like... Like I say, I do believe that this is going to come. I do believe that we're going to have a proper pipeline of games and I believe they're going to be good. But I'm just, how long is it going to take? Yeah, I, I, the, the point basically that, that you're making is, is is how many times can you or can people say next year? Next year, next year. And see, see to be honest, and that feels, even saying that, it feels like I'm being overly critical because by the end of this year, I feel... Fully believe, I don't think Starfield will get delayed again. So I fully believe we'll have had Hi-Fi Rush, which was a quality game. We'll have Starfield, we'll have Redfall, and we'll have Forza. Now, under any circumstances, that is a fucking good year. But yeah. my concern is that at least half of that was supposed to come last year. So if if that had, what was what was planned for this year? And like, how far down the line are some of this stuff? Where the fuck is Indiana Jones? And is that even past the design stage yet? And I, like some of this stuff, obviously, is, is that I think Phil Spencer and Xbox were in a situation where they had a new console coming, but the games were further out than what they wanted, and they knew they needed to sell consoles, and they thought, we need to announce this stuff so that people know it's coming. And I think they have learned their lesson, because they're like, fuck, we've now announced all this stuff, and... The, it's clear the development schedule, the development sorry process has not been a smooth one. Yeah, um, obviously the 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 announced the announced stuff obviously for 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 Game Pass publicity. We obviously we know that, and I don't know. May, maybe maybe the assumption was the ABK deal would have been closed by now. So what what gaps they had this year would have been filled with Diablo Four. Would have been filled with. X Y Z. There's there's possibly that That's as well. True. You know, if, if 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 we do look at the bigger picture, I suppose. But uh, now, listen, I I I do agree with what you're saying. Um, it's going to be in, it's what's going to be interesting is maybe not this year, even next, even if you look at like 2025 and what sort of how, how Game Pass is going to look once you've got presumably Xbox Studios running well, you've got the ABK thing landing, you've then got Bethesda running well as well, and you're then going to have that potential because you're going to need a quarterly AAA game. And then in between that, you are going to need a couple of AA's from your studios as well. So the, issue, yeah. the, the question you have is, you know, at the moment, what's looking good this year is the fact that it's been propped up by third-party games. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, that, loads, of, there's loads of great third-party games coming. Like it's, loads. It's, it's going to be a... Yeah. Like game Pass is going to be... I mean, it's going to... We always sort of make the joke about incredible value. Like, the value you're going to get off Game Pass this year is, is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like you've got that Benedict Fox game coming later this month. That looks... I played the demo of that. That is a quality indie title, by the way. Yeah. A really good yeah. fucking game. Um, there's yeah. a lot of great stuff coming, but I just they bought a lot of these studios. The, the sort of main sort of splurge they had on studios was what 2018, 2019, and granted we've had mm-hmm. a pandemic, but 
like I've said before, I just I think Phil Spencer needs to employ maybe four people to work immediately below him and sort of take a section of the studios they have and crack the whip a bit more. Because I just think yeah. I think he's overseeing too much and I think he's given some of these studios too much rope and that's what's taking letting these timelines get out of control. And that's yeah. that's only going to get worse when you add in twenty thousand employees and hundreds of studios and everything else. That gets worse as soon as this deal closes as well. He's because you know you've already sorry I've got to say you've you've already got numerous studios being run really really badly. They can't afford to have the ABK side do that. Don't get me wrong. I fully expect. A, a fire sale of employees at, at the Xbox side and the ABK employees to fill those voids because if you look at both both halves of those businesses, which one's running better in terms of in terms of development, in terms of PR, in terms of production? There's only fucking one of them. So you take the good, you know, like they a lot of these a lot of these guys working over the Activision side can find themselves in very good positions. Yeah, they're not the ones losing their jobs. When this merger goes ahead, they're not they're not the ones losing their jobs because when mergers happen, jobs always go after twelve months. It is inevitable. Not just in the development side, even even at the sort of higher the, the behind the scenes side, it's inevitable. Always happens, but it won't be the ABK side. Fucking no chance. No, that's a good point, actually. Um, I think yeah, I think you're you're probably bang on with that because the. I I immediately I'm just totally just shitting on Halo, but I immediately think three four three, <laughs> and how obviously they've already lost a lot of staff, but yeah. I wondered if there was a bit of kind of foresight there for Activision with their yeah, I think with so as their well. you know very high skilled employees uh, managing yep. a live service game, um. Mm, that de- that definitely raises a question for me. I think I think with the with the kind of you know what you were saying in the initial point about the re- release schedule and stuff. I agree with that as well. You know they they have announced a lot. I you know I have said for a while we're still in. Well, I don't think we are now, but I've you know we were in the COVID catch up last year. I think yeah, last year mm-hmm. it was just like everything got delayed. Um, maybe we're still seeing a little bit of the fallout of that. F- now it would you know other studios are catching up though so it's really time that xbox kind of catch up catch uh, catches up as well but i also kind of thought about you know maybe because they were expecting the murder i think the merger originally they wanted it to go through in january um i think that was the original goal when they first made the acquisition um so maybe they were kind of holding out a little bit of hope for that as well um, to kind of pad out the next twelve months, yeah. but yeah, it's a yeah. it's a difficult one because I suppose how would you plan that if you know that you potentially picking up one of well, like the biggest studio that is, um, you know how do you how do you plan your launches around taking that company over and then it, its games launching as well. Because um, one of the things mm-hmm. I always found weird about the um, the the Bethesda acquisition was obviously yeah they already had Obsidian and they were making um, the game Avowed is that right was it Avowed 
Yep. And yep. it looks very, very close to an Elder Scrolls game. It does, yeah. Um, you know, I, we haven't seen anything from that. And actually, that's another game that they've announced and not really said much about. Um, yeah. that, I mean, but, pe- people were expecting that to come out last year. And it's at this point, it's definitely not coming out until 2024. They, yeah, would, they, just, they wouldn't release an, an RPG one. like that that close to Starfield. Yeah, and that's the thing is that like how there must be some juggling act going on here to you know manage the fact that if we launch these two games on Game Pass within two months of each other, three months of each other, in six months, some of them, are they going to impact the the you know the player base? Are is it going to impact how many people are going to pick it up? Because say say you release Starfield and then six months later release Avowed and Avowed is amazing. It's like an Elder Scrolls game but made by Obsidian, so it's maybe got elements of humor and things like that, very much like how Outer Worlds was. Mm-hmm. If people are then going from talking about Starfield for six months and then they pick up this game, they're like, it's absolutely amazing, and then they just Starfield gets sidebarred. You know, so there must be an element of that, like thinking about these things in regards to release schedule. I don't imagine it's very easy planning it when you've kind of gone, well, we've already got these studios, then we bought Bethesda, and now we're trying to pick up Activision Blizzard. That's going to be some juggling act to to manage that. And I, I would also say, like, you know, with, with the Activision Blizzard deal, I imagine they're going to go down the route of, you know, getting probably toys for Bob to to make a lot of family friendly games as well from from their internal IPs so um you know I think we could see a lot coming out in a small space of time but it's like they're playing catch up just now they're chasing yeah. their tail um just going around yeah. going around in circles until they're you know until things are kind of done and dusted and play um but yeah it's a it's an interesting one. I I th- I also think like the Forza Motorsport one's a bit peculiar as well because it, it very much seemed like it was going to come out before Horizon. I'm pretty sure they announced it before Horizon Five. Yeah, they did. Um, and I and then it never and then it just never dropped. And it was like, oh, okay. And it's almost like they put it on hold because of Horizon Five dropping. And then it's just never really come to fruition after that. So it's a bit of a bizarre one to me because I always thought that it was going to be a near launch title considering they were you know promoting it around the the advertisement for the series s and x yeah and it's been um, it has almost been quite like they have shown it but it's also the sort of details surrounding it have still been quite hush hush almost yeah it's just a peculiar one like everybody knows what to expect from a for some motorsport game like obviously they were going to want to polish it make it look real nice but if you know it's a it it's a bit like a, a football game, you know. It's it's the same pitches, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's the same tracks. It's it's pretty similar cars. Obviously, the are than the new cars. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I it's just a weird one. I feel like it should be out already mm-hmm. and near forgotten about. <laughs> I wonder if maybe I know it's the it's different teams working on it, but it is still the same studio. So there's probably some crossover if uh, if the problems with Fable are maybe like holding it up in some way like you've maybe got some staff going back and forth trying to kind of get fable on track yeah like the interesting thing about fable i was actually on twitter the other day and i seen that somebody was saying that they've just finished up doing the lighting on fable but it sounded like they were leaving their job i don't Mm -hmm. know there was a rumor at one point i'm pretty sure that they had to completely scrap the whole thing and start again um which doesn't seem far off at this point given the lack of information on it because all we've had is a cinematic 
trailer. Yeah, like, some grass. And that's it. Yeah, and a frog. That's right. <laughs> and that's, that's so, literally it. And that was about three years ago. That one, yeah. In fact, it was. That was in 2020 they showed that. Yeah, so and let's be honest, it's going to be nothing to do with the game whatsoever. It was just to show a title. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of an odd one. I, I do think they're playing a bit of a juggling act and they're trying to bide their time for this deal to go through. And I think once this deal goes through, we might find that things are, are just ready to go out and they just haven't actually put it out yet because they didn't know whether or not they could. And I, I wouldn't. I I would go as far to suggest there's a possibility that's why Hi-Fi Rush dropped when it did, because they were like, "Fuck it, just we need to put something out, drop it," mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it was just sitting there. Just, yeah, just just before we we, we move on, um, there there's also the possibility, a bit like Sony at the moment, with with the merger going on, we all know that Sony are being resistant on, you know, um, doing showcases about all the exclusive games we've got. Obviously, we know the Silent Hill one was played down, it became a Silent Hill event, not a Sony event. I wonder as well if if Xbox have been a little bit cagey than announcing release dates for all these games they've got and then all your, your regulators go, hang on here, look all the games you've got coming out. You, do you really need this? It's not a good look is what I'm saying. A bit like the Sony, you know, if Sony come out and say, yeah. here's the exclusive, here's the exclusive, here's the exclusive, here's the exclusive. It's not a good look when they're trying to say, oh, we, we need this deal to be vetoed. It's not a good look. And there could be a bit of mind games going on from both sides as well. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Just try to put a, just just try to put a positive spin on on the on the Phil Spencer bashing, which we you know we we do a lot. There there could be that in it. See also if Xbox cool. are looking for uh, to get back into the TV game, what they could do is once the Activision deal goes through, and it will go through. Um, when you were talking about how it would be a lot of the Activision staff that would stay on, they could get a pit right. And then you get the Xbox and their Activision equivalent and you put them in the pit and they have to fight to the death and the one that's still alive gets the job. That sounds like a great indie game. It does. <laughs> that's, that, that'd, be, that'd be right up my street because I know what you're saying. Like Activision have proved that they're a lot more efficient, but at the same point, someone at that company uh, greenlit that new Crash game and they need to account for that. <laughs> nah. Nice, nice. Can't all be winners. Can't all be modern warfare too. I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, Paul, your number one. So my number one was it's a bit of a random one to be honest, but I was quite shocked by it, and it is the it's a bit about the controversy of multiverses and their beta ending. Um, did you guys play this when it came out? A little bit, yeah. No. But I also didn't know it was a beta either. Well, I felt like the only person in the world didn't know that. No, I didn't know either. Thankfully, I didn't spend any money on <laughs> it. I'm not, you know, it's a it's a super smash ripoff. Um, but I uh, I thought I'll give it a blast. It was a bit of fun, and I did enjoy it. But yeah, so they they announced the other week um, that it was only a beta, and they're going to be removing online services on the 25th of June, which pissed a lot of people off because they actually spent money on it buying the founders packs and the rest of the in-game content um i also think it had like a kind of battle pass thing um but yeah so yeah so they've just totally removed it it won't return until 2024 but don't worry because you will get your content in 2024 that you bought um in 2022 i think did it drop it was the end of last year yeah so you know just two years 
you know, of not having your content, basically. Um, <laughs> that's That seems like normal practice. But I suppose the reason I put this in, because if I'm absolutely honest, I don't really give a shit about multiverses. But I, I suppose my concern is we've obviously had games like Fortnite, which was in beta for how long? Like three years, if not oh, more? Yeah. It's probably more than that. But anyway, we've had a lot of games that have sat in beta for quite a while. Or And, you know, you see a lot um, with, with Xbox or on Steam. I don't know if PlayStation get game preview games, do they? No. No, they don't, no. Yeah, so on PlayStation and Steam, there's games that are in game preview. So they're basically in beta state and, you know, it's you can, you can play them early on. I would be really quite annoyed if I was into a game and they were like, it's a beta, but it seemed like it was kind of a growing game that they were developing along the way that you were kind of enjoying the development phase and funding it by spending money on it. Um, and then they just pull it from the pull it from the store and go, nah, see you later. Um, we'll be back in a year's time. Like, it's just, I just think it's a really ridiculous concept and I would hate for that to become a norm in betas for games yeah. because I just think it's a really shitty practice and the fact that they did not communicate this clearly you know it, it, well the, the fact that people are screaming about it I know it's the void of Twitter mostly which is a very small minority of gamers but I you know I would be pretty upset if I invested my money into a game and then they pulled it from the store and it's I think how long is it I can't even remember how long it's been out. It's not even been out for a year, is it? It's not a year. No, no, no. I think it came out late summer, I think. Maybe July yeah. or something like that. So, do you know, I don't think any of this... I don't think they planned to do this in the first place anyway. I was actually, I did a wee bit of background on it, and multiverses, with, in seven months, the player count dropped 99% on the Steam <laughs> charts. So it had 1% of its initial player base. Wow. Um, yeah, and I honestly think that's why they've done it because they've gone right. We've got a we've got a dev team sitting here working on this live service game, and it's doing shit. So what can we do? Right, it says beta on it. Let's pull it, and we'll release it again in a year's time with some added hype and some new characters or something, and uh, we'll go from there and see how it turns out. And then it'll probably flop in seven months again, and then they'll just cancel the service. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do feel for the people that that have put money into it. Um, it is a shame, and I do think that they should refund people that money, even though they're saying the terms and conditions are quite clear. But I think well, actually, you know that the, this is the first time in my many years of gaming that I've ever heard of a situation like this. Um, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of a, a live service game model that just randomly go play plays the beta card and leaves. Um, absolutely bizarre. Um, but yeah, again, I don't really care about multiverses. It's more a concern about that potentially becoming a norm if other companies were to look at that and go, "Oh, our game's not performing as well as we thought it was going to, and we've got a beta label on it, so we'll just pull the game and release it again in a year and see if it can generate some hype." Um, I hope that's not something that other companies pick up because it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I agree totally. If they're, they're, the storefronts shouldn't allow you to be able to charge any in-game monies if you're in beta. Yeah. You should be you're in beta or you're not. If you're if it's a full release, you charge it, but you can't pull it. I, I agree totally. I think that's really shady. I didn't actually realise people had put money into that and it's just been taken away from oh, them. Lots that of is, money. Lots of money. That is bullshit, by the way. Really bad crack. Yeah. 
that cannot become the norm. Yeah, I oh, know there was because there yeah, was battle yeah. pass. There was you could pay for cosmetics. Like so, I heard a lot of people like. I think for the most part, people didn't realise it was a beta. I meant to go back and check. I'm pretty sure when we did the news when it came out, we reported on it as a beta, but that would have been solely because I was reading from the press release. And there's every chance that, like, I don't think it had a beta tag on the store. So the majority of people would have had no idea that it was in beta. Um, Yeah. And... Yeah, like you say, one. I think you put it perfectly there, Donnie. Like, if if you have spent money, if they're allowing you to buy stuff within the game, they should not be allowed to pull this card. Yeah. Correct. Yep. No, it's That's and it's the thing is, like you said, Paul. Like it's, it's gonna. I mean, I'm saying I said it's gonna come out next year. I wouldn't honestly be surprised if it didn't, but. If it does come back, the same thing will happen again. It will bomb after X amount of months, and then they will pull the plug. Yeah, yeah. This is it's not going to be a a good end to this story. I don't think. No, I Definitely don't think not. so. And to be to be fair as well, unless you absolutely happen to be the only person in the world who loved that game, you'd have to be a moron to sink any money into it. So therefore when they re-release it and it makes no fucking money and it drops to its 1% again, what's the fucking point? Yeah. yeah. It, it just, just end it now. Put it through its, put it out of its misery and just end it They've now. They've burned the best, far, far too many bridges. The best thing they could have yeah. done was put their hands up and go, do you know what? It's not performing too well, but this is our plan. This is our roadmap. This is what we want to do. Because they obviously have a plan and something they're going to do in the next year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. tell people what that is. Leave the servers open for people to continue to play the game who want to still play the game. And then make a big fucking deal out of, out of whatever you've done when it when it's done and when you're releasing it as a full, full release. And then go from there. And you already have your loyal player base who have been playing it the whole time and spent money on it. Basically crowdfunding yeah. your game. Yeah. And... And then, you know, it would have been a much better way. But instead, what they've done is they've insulted their loyal fans, closed off the entire game from the player base, and then pissed off the gaming community because the gaming community tends to stick together unless they're on either side of a console. Um, (laughs) And and everybody's just going to be pissed off with it now. So I don't know if a year's enough time for this this situation to heal. I think they might need longer. Might, Might get a delay... Yeah, a mourning yeah. period Ex- delay. <laughs> yeah. Excellent points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all that's left is the hardcores, and you've just fucked them right off. So <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> oh. Okay, Donnie, your number one. Uh, my number one bit of sad news, I feel anyway, and that is um, RIP E three. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in, in the last week. We saw Ubisoft pulling out, um, which, <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, I I was on Grumpy Gamers last month, and the the Ubisoft story or wording came up in, in a little news story, and I, and I pointed out that I I, I thought the, what Eve Gilmore said was he said something like blah 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 we'll be there blah 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 if it still goes ahead, and I and I said that then hang on here. Surely you know that this is going ahead when it's five months away. 
There should not be any if this goes ahead. So I saw the warning signs then going, some it's a miss. So of course, in the last week, Ubisoft have pulled out and now E3's cancelled. There's no way back for E3 now. It's done. And it's a shame because regardless of what you think of E3, it's been a staple of our industry. I want to say for the best part of 30 years. I certainly remember 20 years of it, if not scoosh more. And everybody, everyone who's been a gamer has got a memory of a launch that they saw at E3. And I know the last five years it's changed and I understand, you know, if you're Microsoft or you're Sony, it must cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to E3 between planning, staff actually going there, getting your teams to make trailers for it. It must be abolic. Whereas now you just do a state of play. It probably literally costs 5% of the cost. So I get it. The internet has changed that. I don't really think you can blame COVID because Sony had already pulled out, but COVID's probably not helped. But certainly the internet has. Um, This is a shame. I don't think it's something that we should really be gloating about that it's died. One thing I will say is Jeff Keighley is an absolute prick. (laughs) The guy is is a tactless cunt, to be honest with you. And tweeting out... Eight minutes after they announced that it was over is really, really classless. And the guy needs to fucking just wisen up a little bit, to be honest with you. That was really out of order. So uh, fuck you, Jeff. (laughs) And your fucking sparkly shoes, you big fucking lanky streak of piss. (laughs) So you're a fan. Yeah. Listen, it's not the first time he's done it. But I thought, you're out of order here, mate. You really are out of order. I always thought his Summer Games Fest was out of order anyway. I thought it was pretty bullshit that he put it, like, right next to E3. He knew what he was doing. And he just made it, like, as if... He very much pushed it as if he was, like, the opening act. Um, Yeah. And it's like, Paul, go away. Like, to be honest, I didn't really have that much against him, like, personally. I wasn't that fussed about him. Um, But the more and more I speak to people about him and I actually think about his shitty behaviour, I'm just like, you're a bit of a dick. That's exactly it, yeah. 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 Not, yeah. It, it, he's obviously got inside information as well because there's no way that each time he's just randomly been sitting at his computer with a tweet ready to go, do you know what I mean? Like somebody's, He's obviously had the heads up, they're like, by the way, this thing's fucking dead and they're probably announcing it on Thursday night and he's like, ah, right, okay. Yeah. Tweet. Drafts. It is drafts, yeah. 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 I I was quite sad about E3. Like myself and myself and Zoe uh, would watch it every single year. Like it was like I would book it off work and that, especially when, like when it was like on until like three o'clock in the morning and stuff. And um, you know, I used to reference it as like the Super Bowl for gamers. Like it was, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely, yeah, mate. Christmas, I would call it. Yeah, I and it was just great. It was great having that we. That that few days of just sitting there, seeing all the new games, building up that hype, watching shows for PC stuff that I don't even know what it does, um, just because it's there and just like just having a just having a good time and like you're saying, like with a with a memory, like for me probably my most prevalent memory of E3, which actually wasn't that long ago to be fair, but I'm quite a big Fallout fan and when they announced and I was quite tired. Um, at the time of this and when they announced Fallout 4 
I ended up rushing to the game website and sitting in a queue for I think about two hours on their own, <laughs> which we all know game games website has a great capacity for people making pre-orders. Um, <laughs> so the website crashed about twenty times to get that uh, the Pip Boy edition, um, which is actually sitting behind me right now. So I did manage to get it, nice. but that's that's like my fondest memory of seeing that and just like the hype of seeing Todd Howard come on with the Pip Boy and showing you how it worked with a phone in game and stuff, and I was like, whoa. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I ended up having to get that, and that's probably one of my fondest memories. Zoe was snoring at that's this cool. point as well. She's snoring like but she's that's... falling asleep, and I'm sitting there on the game <laughs> website tapping refresh. <laughs> but that's that's a nice story, though, isn't it? That's the thing. That's the point. That's a really nice story. I tell you these, something, these no fuckers get sort of stories like that about state of play. <laughs> yeah, or summer games fest. That's so harsh. That's so, <laughs> so harsh. True, but... <laughs> Like don't be wrong. Yeah. Like so, my number one is also the death at E3, and ever since E3 has had its downfall, I've heard nothing but people within the video game industry be pretty much dancing on its grave, so happy that it's gone. Oh, it's the worst! It's the worst! And don't be wrong, if you had to cover it in person, I can imagine it being a total ball ache. Like it, it does sound like a chaotic time where you're surrounded by a bunch of mouth breathers and you just don't want to deal with it <laughs> but see for us sitting at home and you're like oh right i've got my you've got the e3 schedule you know what i mean pinned to your wall and you're like oh it's ubisoft at nine o'clock it's xbox at five o'clock it's playstation at fucking one in the morning because they're dicks it's like <laughs> it was it was so good and like you're totally right donnie like it's it's a total cost analysis for them. It must cost so much less to do this now. Like, I, I remember hearing, I can't remember which studio it was, but they were talking about E3 and they were like, we're so glad we don't have to do it just now because we are literally, like in previous years, they had spent three months pausing the game they were making so that they could make a gameplay like walkthrough for E3. And they're like, it sets us back months because we've got to make this fucking thing. And I get yeah. that, and I get how much better it must be now for them. But as a consumer, like I much preferred that June blowout, and instead now we get a Capcom event, we get a Ubisoft event, we get a PlayStation State of Play, we get an Xbox event, we get a fucking this event, we get Jeff Keighley doing three shows a year, and it ends up with almost every month there's something, and they're all so diluted that... N- very few of them end up being any good whatsoever because they have to fill them with fluff. And then you each time I watch one of these things, I'm just thinking back going, remember when this just used to be like a condensed three days of fucking excitement? And now yeah. I'm yeah. watching a Nintendo Direct where there's one thing that you're like, oh, that's really cool. And the rest of the stuff is all things that you couldn't pay me to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know for me as well, I think the one thing that I'll lose out on is I I'm terrible for forgetting certain studios exist and stuff and I think E3 was really good to sit there and be like, "Oh, holy shit, I forgot that was coming." Or you or you see another game or you see a a brand new IP from a from a studio you don't normally play games from and you're like, "Oh, that looks amazing." Whereas if I saw certain, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but if I saw certain studios pop up on my YouTube feed or something saying they'd done a direct, and I'm not, and I'm not 
quite invested in one of their games, I'll probably just not bother clicking it because I'm just like, oh, I can't be always watching it. Um, but I could actually then miss out on something that I would end up really enjoying, which, to be fair, now saying it seems like that's more on me than anyone else. But E3 was much more convenient <laughs> for me as a <laughs> consumer to see everything at once yeah. and to be able to, to learn about the new games and potentially new studios or like and they even did like the the indie showcases later on and stuff as well where you'd see a bunch of indie games that probably you know won't see the light of day in any other um shows apart from maybe the ones that work with um you know the ones uh idea xbox and stuff you know and it it's a shame because i feel like it's it's lost a little bit of exposure for other things that i would have otherwise not even known existed until someone told me about it um you know so there is there is a level of that where i feel like i've just kind of lost out that because when i click on an xbox you know direct or nintendo sorry xbox direct well actually i think one of the last ones was called a direct but anyway if i start going an xbox showcase or state of play or a nintendo direct i kind of know what i'm expecting to see so i'm i'm almost looking for that but there was the convenience at e3 that you never knew what was going to come out you know, Xbox could be announcing a game for another studio that they're that they've got the advertising rights for, obviously, or something like that. And you, it, I don't know. There was just a bit more of a kind of fun experience around it. There was there was more surprise. There was, and I think the stage event as well allowed for them to to kind of put on an actual show. Whereas the showcases aren't a show. It's some person standing in a green room or in a in an office being like this is the game we've been working on and then they mm-hmm. show you a trailer or, or todd in his fucking leather jackets <laughs> he's a cool biker dude yeah. <laughs> Fuck. so it's he's always more exciting when it's dad. live as well like there was that element of it being yeah. live yeah yeah because it was like i remember um shit what um what game is it now oh god was it Uncharted three, and the 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 demo crashed, and was it just Drake was just falling through the floor? Was that not Uncharted three? Something like that, yeah. And it's like awkward. <laughs> like this shit gonna happen, you know? I'm sure it was Uncharted. Um, the, just literally was falling through the floor. And don't forget the amazing Just Dance routines that used to come on. <laughs> oh god, every year. Uh, fucking Do you, do you remember the time they had a, I think it was Jason Derulo come on yes. and sing it. He was so bad. Yep. It was so, so bad. And I was sitting there cringing at every bit. I was like, oh, wow, this is terrible. And some guy dressed in a panda suit just coming out dancing behind him. You're like, what the fuck is this fever dream? Ubisoft were so bad for it. Because like, I would always really look forward to the Ubisoft events because I really like Assassin's Creed. Um, <laughs> I, at the time, they were making the South Park games. They had a lot of stuff that I was quite interested in but i knew i was gonna have to sit through a lot of shit and it was i and you knew as soon as just dance come on that it was like 25 minutes you could just go and take a shit or go and fucking order food or it was not a five minute routine brutal they they did used to have they did used to have like music artists on and stuff though like um in between certain uh showcases and stuff though i like that I that's what that's what made it feel like you know like the Super Bowl of gaming for me is just those little those little quirks those little just elements of personality thrown in there rather than just watching it like 
somebody pressing play on the YouTube upload section of their of their channel. You know, it's, it would just be yeah. better. It was just better having that kind of personal element to it. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, the, the 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 difference is though, the Super Bowl gets Beyonce. Fucking E three got Imagine Dragons. You know, it's not quite the same thing, was it? You know. Personally, I would rather listen to Imagine Dragons, but <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh man, I'm sh- I'm, I'm sure Jeff will keep us. He'll keep us busy. He's he's talking about his event this year being in person again, so. Uh, maybe he'll pull it out of the bag, but we do have to put up with him, which is a, a negative. Unfortunately. Maybe maybe Ashley so. can start a boycott Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back E3. We'll just start a protest. Bring back E3. Can you imagine <laughs> how upset he would be? Like, see, there's a lot of people that would just take that in a stride and go, ah, fuck them. But he would literally be making, he'd be up all night making like pro Jeff campaigns and stuff like that <laughs> under aliases. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting Kojima-san to tweet them out <laughs> oh fuck's sake um, we've got some listener comments in uh, first one says is the PC port of Last of Us Part 1 and the lower than expected sales of PSVR 2 the first signs of the wheels falling off for Sony um, yeah the, the Last of Us Part 1 PC ports are shocker although Couchy on our Discord is loving it and has no issues and I didn't receive the memo what the PSVR 2 expected sales were so we can't comment if they are lower than expected or not to the concerned citizen it says which was obviously Ryan uh, my highlight was Resident Evil 4 being another banger remake from Capcom next I want a proper proper remake of the original and that was Ali uh, this one's for Paul. Paul, you've got your own right in me. It says, "It says why is Quick Resume one of the best features of the current generation? I personally couldn't live without it. All the time it says, absolute magic. Cheers, love dunks. That, that is bait. Do you that hate bait? Do you that hate is Quick bait. Resume? That is bait. He does, yeah, that's bait. I cannot stand Quick Resume. <laughs> it's bait. <laughs> that is total bait. I was saving that one. <laughs> it's a great comment. Though. See, Thank the thing about Quick Resume, I just, I don't hate it. I just don't understand it. It seems to work whenever it wants. Other times it doesn't work. There, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. It works perfect with Xbox first, title, uh, first party games. Works absolutely perfect with them. But at the end of the day, I don't like, and I think most people don't always play those games. And if you're playing single player games, it tends to work pretty good. But if the game requires a server, now I tend to play with my wife Zoe and um, my other co host on this will do, Sean. We tend to play as a group a lot of the time. So we're playing multiplayer games and it's absolutely useless. And my frustration isn't so much with Quick Resume, it's more the fact that I don't have the option to turn it off. I would just rather just turn it off. Like, how, like, I think people forget or need to go and fire up a 360 again and see how long it takes to load a game because you see just loading a game up from like fresh boot on a, a Xbox Series console, it's not that long. Like no. quicker zoom is like the most unjustified gimmick, <laughs> in my opinion. It's just it, it's and, it, and people argue like, oh yeah, but I I skip from game to game. I'm like. 
but how often are you no. skipping from like yeah. oh yeah i'm halfway through a race on forza just gonna start a round on gears like what yeah <laughs> Yeah. I actually said this in a tweet at launch, quick resume was a fad, and I got slaughtered on Twitter for it. So um, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. <laughs> I, I recently got slaughtered on Twitter for moaning about quick resume yeah. to the point... Oh, I saw that. ...that quite a <laughs> few people jumped in and uh, I think I had uh, Colt and that crew after me as well. I was like, oh... Oh my God, those in- morons. Yeah. That's all you fucking need. I was like, oh, here comes here comes the wee console warrior pushers. <laughs> <laughs> God, <laughs> the literal bane of the Xbox community there as well. Him and that fucking Gaz. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, someone else, no name, said that Diablo Four flexing its game of the year muscles in beta was the top joint for March. Yeah, I'm kind of in, in love with that as well. This is a, a massive dig at me. Someone's putting Crime Boss Rocky City is everything we hoped it would be and more. March <laughs> saved the best for last. This is a reference to me getting steaming and sticking it on my fantasy draft, <laughs> and then um, it's cost me a wedge of points. Bang it up a game. <laughs> and fuck off. And lastly, which is obviously a a throwback to still game. Pete the Jakey can agree with me and you, Craig. The death of E3 is a real shame. It's been a poor show for years, but it's been important to gaming. And I always enjoyed watching the big world exclusives. Yeah, agreed. Petey boy. R.I.P. R.I.P. E3. Yeah. So that was a that was a good lengthy discussion. Uh, another. I mean, that's three in a row now. Uh, it seems that every month so far this year, there's been a lot of big news to talk about, and I think it's going to it's gonna continue. April's looking pretty decent, yeah. and then obviously we are getting into the, the non-E3 E3 zone, where despite the death, we're still going to get a lot of conferences and no doubt a lot of news. Um, might get a wee bit of a respite yeah. over the summer, but I think certainly the next couple of months it's going to continue to be busy, so we will be back next month for that uh paul would you like to get some plugs in before we go yeah absolutely if you want to find me moaning about quick resume you can follow me on twitter at, <laughs> at paul tire gaming or at thistle do gaming if you'd prefer and you can find us on youtube um under thistle do gaming as well perfect fab and you donnie you still how many how many months have you managed to keep this twitter account going that's that must be nearly a year is it Donnie's tweets has been going. I think. Are you bad for getting banned, Donnie? Oh, yeah, I'm. I'm on like I'm on like um, burner account number eight. I, I just I keep getting embroiled in calling Tories cunts, and um, <laughs> they don't they don't they don't like it because they don't like the truth, and I end up getting banned. Um, none of it's none of it's ever his time. fault. He's just a he's just an innocent bystander. It's funny Every that time. Uh, they tend to be the people screaming about free speech. Ironic. Ah, exactly. Yeah, but to be fair, I, I I have been purposely behaving myself because um, I'm sick of creating fucking burner email accounts to sign up for Twitter to then have no followers and, and, and having to follow everybody again. And it's just like, oh, I'm just going to start behaving and just holding my tongue. Why don't you just make a burner account purposely for calling Tories cunts? <laughs> just Donnie the Tory cunter. Yeah. <laughs> the cunter punter. <laughs> the cunter punter. <laughs> That's my name on Friday nights. <laughs> As I'm trolling the streets of Elgin. You literally just beat me to that. <laughs> Get it right up, yeah. I don't know, happy yep. note. Thank you. Thank you very much. Everyone for checking out this episode of Pure Dead Gaming Afterlife. 
we will be back next month, as I said, with another monthly roundup. Until then, you can catch all our new episodes on Thursdays at 3pm. And for more content, you can go to puredeadgaming.com where we have reviews. Uh, You can even go over to YouTube where I put out the odd video when I have time. And other than that, you can find us on Twitter at puredeadgaming where we are usually on the wind-up. But until then, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you again very soon. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.